Welcome everyone to episode 92 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast right in the middle of, uh, what's the thing where sororities and fraternities, they have that week, pledge week, pledge week. We've got two pledges here, I've decided right now is what we're going to call you, but you're our guest. Oh, don't bring out the paddle. (laughs) Uh, Or do. That's step two. Year of the guest, as we are calling it, I've decided right now. Last year was uh, year of the dog. And then it was year of the I was pig. born in the oh, year of the pig. Year of the pig. That's right. That's right. Yeah. What was I? I don't remember. Dog, tiger, something like that. Anyway. Was chicken, I think. Uh, I am Chad Michael Ennis, your host for this week. My normal co-host is Holden Pardo. Say hi, Holden. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We've got... Oh, I should have asked you guys how to say your names before. Uh, so I know Alex. Alex, what's your last name? <laughs> uh, my last name is Alex Kozina. Wait, hold on. Alex. No, my Cozina. last name is just my last name is just Cozina. It's not Alex Cozina. My name <laughs> Alex, is now Alex. Alex, Cozina. Alex Cozina. Hi, yeah. Not Hi, my name is Holden. Holden Depardo. <laughs> First name Alexander, or just Alex. Uh, middle name Matthias, but you don't need to remember that part. And last name Cozina. K O Z. What was the? Uh, if you turned out to be a girl, what was the rejected name that you didn't get named? Oh, good oh, question. Fuck, I know the answer to this one too. I do too. I, I, I do you know, know Alex's name? No, I know mine. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I'll, I'll have to ask my parents that sometime. Uh, I, the thing is, is that uh, apparently the Alex name was something that was chosen very spontaneously after I was born. So I don't. I don't think that they had super ingrained ideas of what they were going to name me. So also, Alex could just be a girl's name as well. That's true. That's also true. Yeah, that's true. Name? It's been proven like, by science. <laughs> <laughs> Over here, that was Einstein through relativity. Relatively, Alex could be a girl or a boy's name. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> We've got. Trevor, Trevor, how do you say your last name? I didn't even. How do you think I say my last Uh, name? I'm going to try to remember from memory. No, it starts with a B, and I'm going to say (laughs) Batatas. I failed at getting back from the mic for my ridiculous laugh. Um, Close? um, No. Well, mm, Betis. But uh, Batatas, you know, that sounds like a a real nice (laughs) hip name. No, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah, Trevor Betis. So how do you spell it out, just so that I can give my own kind of evaluation of how it's pronounced? Okay, well, uh, would I surprise you if I said the Trevor's going to trip you up? It's uh, T-R-E-A-V-O-R, because my mom wanted me to be fancy and spelled like Endeavor. When when Chad sent me the welcome packet, I'm like, oh, Chad, you misspelled his name twice. Like, let me just double check. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, then the last name, B-E-T-T-I-S. Very boring. Uh, but to answer the, uh, the the girl question, uh, my name was going to be Emily, which also happened to oh. currently be the dog's name uh, when I was born. <laughs> um, and when I confronted my mom about that, she went, oh, we're just going to change the dog's name. <laughs> Gosh, that's fun. Right. Uh, I think we're going to talk about video games, though, and not my weird childhood. So. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, gentlemen, you... you... Video games? <laughs> You reached out to us after uh, we put out the call on uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily for Squad Up, and I want to kind of give people who are listening an idea of, like, your role in video games, whether you just like playing them, whether you produce content, whether you uh, have never played a video game before in your life and you just thought we were cool dudes, go for it. Who wants to start? Alex, go ahead. Uh, All right. I was going to say, Trevor, you can go first, but... I spoke first! 
Uh, okay. Yeah, my name is Alex Gozina. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just keep this uh, short and sweet for now because we can go into more in detail as we get to later topics of discussion on this podcast where it will be more relevant to bring them up. Um, I am a writer for a YouTube channel called Gamers, spelled with a V instead of an A, so G-V-M-E-R-S. That and it's dope as heck. Yeah, of- it's really good. That, yeah, it is it is very dope as heck. And it produces basically <laughs> short-form documentary-style videos about typically one of three different topics. It's either the, uh, short vid- videos about canceled games, like, for example, um, Eight Days. Uh, it's videos about franchises that are no longer active, like, for example, Driver. Uh, or occasionally about uh, single games and franchises that are still active that we figured had interesting stories to tell. For example, in the lead-up to Red Dead Redemption 2's release, we did videos covering the development of Red Dead Revolver and then Red Dead Redemption. Oh, I want to see the Red Dead Revolver one. I'm curious about that. Yeah. uh, The the videos for those are down at the moment, uh, but they will be back uh, in a short while. I watched the the one on Silent Hills, the the Kojima one. That one was really good. Oh, thank you very much. <clears throat> Holden will tell you, I don't watch any YouTube videos that are longer than three minutes. No, I send him anything and he won't watch it. No, nope. never. He'll never I, watch I'm it. I'm an old man. I watch narrative, long form television and movies, or I watch <laughs> movie trailers. But I was scrolling through. I was like, I got to get to know everyone's content so that I can kind of uh, know a little bit about who they are. And I saw all of your yeah. videos. Like, oh, which one's the shortest video? And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> There's one on PT. 16 minutes. Oh, I mean, I'll watch a little uh, bit for, of for it. The and record. then. For the record, there are a couple of videos that we've done that are four minutes long because it's like, here's what we're making in 2018. <clears throat> like, you could have clicked on that one if you wanted the shortest video. Well, the what a testament to your work is at the PT one, which comes in at over 16 minutes long. I was Correct. like, I'll watch I a mean, little bit of this. Chad, that's un, it's unheard of I watched for Chad thing. to watch something that long. It's amazing. The whole thing, and it was fascinating, and I can't watch, wait to go back and, like, some of these that I've never heard of before. I can't wait to hear the story behind them. That's awesome. I, I do jokingly want to send you the three-hour God of War intro retrospective. Never. <laughs> that I watched. Never. I'll have to watch that PT one with my wife. That that sounds pretty cool. No, seriously, wow, it's really wow. content. I texted Chad as soon as I watched it. I'm like, this is, like, television quality. Like, this could be on TV. Like, it's that high quality. Thank it's you. really good. I'm Thank very, you. very impressed. I, I do want to kind of, like, stress that, you know, for the record, the role that I play in the channel is I'm the main writer for it, and I, you know, help along with the kind of, like, direction of the content for the channel and help manage community-related stuff. Uh, but I do, like, need to stress that a lot of the kind of editing and the direction that you see in the videos is all the uh, hard work of Eilert, uh, who basically is the founder of the channel and kind of, like, the main driving force behind our videos and what we're going to be covering and how they're being covered. Uh, and also Steve Petit, who is the person that uh, provides the voice for our videos. He has a very kind of like deep uh, kind of like, I, 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 his, there's no words to describe his voice. You hear it and it is just, uh, it's really good. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. This sounds so cool. Is this the person that's on our podcast today? Yeah. Unfortunately, have to make my voice sound cool. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to mention that the direction, the, the right editing was all the, the worst part, too. So I'm glad that you mentioned <laughs> oh, that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm just I was say, was you're very good. humble. Because when people ask for the podcast, I just say I do it alone. No one else helps me with it. It's just my own work. Shut up. And I just throw it. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. We got to get um, things rolling. So, Trevor, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I currently regret that I had Alex go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Um... 
Let's see. Uh, nothing. I don't <sighs> produce. Well, I want to produce content. I I am an inspiring writer. That's the most I've got going for me right now. I have a job That's that great. I don't want to talk about. Um, great. And, uh, yeah, so aspiring writer, and I love video games. I love video game industry, most of all. And I've wanted to start a podcast for years, ever since I listened to the IGN podcast back in the day. And uh, I've never had any luck with that, and so I've just had to subject my friends to all my thoughts and opinions, and they just look at me and go, yeah, we don't care. Yeah, I think (laughs) you just described me, seriously, because I've... When you said video game industry, I've actually really always been more interested in the video game industry than games growing up. So oh, I yeah. Really, I wasn't... My parents wouldn't really play a lot of games growing up. It was like a handful of games every once in a while. But I was always reading Game Informer magazines, always like finding out what's around the corner, what's coming out. What's coming oh, next. yeah. Like, like my, yeah. my friend Kyle will be like, oh, man, it sucks this game got canceled. I'm like, yeah, but do you understand what that means? <laughs> oh, the, 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 the developers, man. Like, oh, my God, all of this stuff. You, Oh, my God. Um, so I, I've, I've always wanted to do something like this. So when I heard, you know, Hey, you want to be on our podcast? I'm like, yeah, yeah I want to be on the podcast. <laughs> I, I've only got to be on one before, so one, two now out of ten years, doing doing real good. Woo! Cool. Well, Thank you gotta, for joining. You just got to start. So all you got to do is just start. Yeah. Um, Speaking of starting, it's all it's always about hold on a starting. Before you start, can I just get one last click little uh, word in? Yes. Yeah. Please. Okay, Trevor, I don't mean to kind of further make you feel bad about yourself, <laughs> but uh, there is something I briefly wanted to mention, which is that um, I figure that there is a lot of overlap between this community and perhaps some of a little YouTube channel called Kind of Funny. Um, if you are deep in the know for that channel, you might have seen an individual oh, who God, made yes. these things called Nick Scarpedia and Kevin Coolopedia, which are two wikis devoted entirely to two members of the channel. Uh, you can thank Doggy Dog. You can thank the person <laughs> that's currently speaking for having made them. And unlike gamers, which enjoys a healthy viewership and subscriber base, I think that those wikis were only viewed by a total of forty people. So there you go. When well, I that was the well, first thing I noticed here, about here, I have show. a book that I wrote that I printed for myself that no one else has. So that's the closest <laughs> I have. <laughs> when I can't find my own book, you, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I saw in your description it said creator of Nick Scarpedia, and I was like, "Holy shit, you're the Nick Scarpedia guy! This is amazing!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, Trevor, what do you do again? Uh, like I said, I have a job that's yeah, yeah I don't want to talk yeah, about, but yeah, I'm, I'm oh writer. I've written, I'm sorry, written yeah. about. I appreciate you, Trevor. Okay. Hey, I, I, I'm sad. No, Let's I'm get started, everyone. Um, we are 12 yeah. minutes into this podcast, and uh, we haven't talked about video games yet. So we're going to start with a hard hitter called Star Wars. Oh, boy. Oh, God. So we've got a, a few little uh, stories and updates here on a couple of Star Wars games that have been canceled and then also canceled again. And then not quite canceled, <sighs> but then just kind of admitting basically they're canceled. Holden, start us out with this one. Oh, my God. Okay, so if you all remember the visceral cancellation and closure of the studio, was it 2017 or 2017? Yeah. Yeah, it was the fall of 2017. So they were going to make this open world game instead because they wanted something that was more ongoing, that players... They never said it outright, but basically they wanted people to buy microtransactions in an, in an ongoing game they'd be playing. That's kind of what it sounded like. Um, yeah. That's the gist, at least, the sense that I got from it. But they're canceling that game now as well. So they oh just can't seem to stay on track with the Star Wars franchise and their that property, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so yeah, so they canceled that. This is according to Jason Schreier at Kotaku. 
Um, and they wanted to transition to a smaller project, seemingly something that's a linear, I'm assuming a linear story, or something along those lines, more of a linear game is the vibe I'm getting. Um, I'm just really annoyed the by the first linear game. Why, why, exactly, why? yeah. So, <laughs> so they had a linear game. That, uh, actually, there's more to the story than that. Um, but we'll get to it. Um, they, they're canceling all the, the Star Wars games. I'm really pissed off they're canceling Star Wars games because they've only released at this point Battlefront, Battlefront 2, which are cool, but I don't really care from that much. I always wanted a linear Star Wars game from like with a huge, crazy big budget behind it from like, Amy Hennig, that kind of game, and we haven't gotten it yet because they keep canceling games. I'm just too upset about this to, to be concise. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Battlefront 1 and 2... Like, well, actually, go back even further. When EA, when it got announced that EA was going to make Star Wars games, everyone was like, oh, crap. And I even, I was even just hopeful. I was like, oh, well, you know, this could be, this could have some good things in it. Uh, you know, Bioware, maybe, maybe Bioware will come in and make something. They wanted to make a Star Wars game. And I wasn't then, necessarily, like, upset myself. Uh, I was like, uh, you know what? Uh, I totally understand Lucasfilm wanting to go with a safe choice and wanting to go with a company like EA, which has a lot sure. of money and stability. Yeah, uh, I was definitely kind of like, it, it, it would have been cool to see some other developer, like a smaller, wilier developer, like an Insomniac Games, or and, and this would probably never happen, but like a Japanese developer, like Platinum Games, uh, take over the license. Um, but I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll see how this plays out. Who knows, maybe this will result in some pretty memorable titles, and uh, here we are. Can you imagine if, like, the team that made Bayonetta at Plat- uh, Platinum made a Star Wars game? Oh, made a lightsaber? Darth Maul game? Oh, God. Yeah. Ooh. That'd be amazing. See, I, I thing, just don't want to say things because it makes me sad. <laughs> I've never <laughs> been into Star Wars video games before, and... Uh, I've enjoyed the movies fine until I actually saw Force Awakens in IMAX at this giant Navy Pier, and then I was just like, oh my god, I'm fucking in. I'll go back and watch them on I had this love for it, but I've never <laughs> been into the games. And this, like, the first one with Amy Hennig, like, that was the first time I think I was very excited for a Star Wars game. I was like, man, this is going to be so fucking cool. I can't... Well, I love Uncharted. And then uh, all we got out of it was Battlefront what, 2. What, what's confusing to me about that is that, like, it, it it's a level of... Like, maybe there's stuff going on with the Amy Hennig game that we don't know about. It's very possible. There's, you know, stuff that happens in the game industry all the time that we don't get to find out about. But on the outside looking in, it just looks like so, like, they're so blind. that like, we have Amy Hennig. We have Visceral Games. And we're, we're no, we're just going to cancel it because it's not coming out fast enough. And that, that would have, just those two names alone would have sold so many copies. Let alone the fact that there's Star and Wars on that box. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so they they canceled the, the Amy Hennig one, I think, because they wanted something that wasn't a linear game. They wanted to have a bigger open game. Now they're saying that, they, that they're canceling the, the uh, um, EA Vancouver game because it wouldn't fit in the time frame and they wouldn't be able to get it out before uh, like late 2020 is what um, they're speculating. Um, but it just seems like they have a limited time of the contract. I actually forgot to look up ten years. how long ten the contract. Years. Ten years, yeah. yeah. And that was from, what, 2013? 13, yeah. So they don't have that much time left on this, really. And they haven't released anything. And if they keep canceling projects that people are really <laughs> interested in, I just feel like they're not going to have anything. So I looked up how many Star Wars games have come out. It's actually shockingly easy to look it up. You can just There's just a Wikipedia article that lists all of them. Every single one of them. Including the canceled ones, all that stuff. There, are, if you don't count like re-releases and like pinball versions of Star Wars, that kind of stuff. There's in Why the past not? thirty years, like seventy. What's Star the Wars problem games. with Star Wars pinball? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you 
No, just because it's not like a big budget. Like, that's the true you know, authentic Star uh, Wars experience. Yeah. Pinball. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Star Wars experience. That's how yeah, George it, Lucas it, always it, envisioned Star Wars to be. It actually beat out Knights of the Old Republic for Game of the Year that year. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. They, <laughs> but my point is there were about 70 games in the past 30 years. But in the past five years, there have only been four games. Well, so you you have on here... There's a few reasons one and two. One. You have Galaxy Heroes. Old Republic came out before that. That's like, true. Old, That's true. Old Republic came out, I think, in 2011. That was even before you're right. Lucas you're absolutely right. Sold, yeah. and it was. I, I, I can't talk. <laughs> one, one factor. <laughs> freaking upset. One factor to be totally clear here, because it's kind of a bullshit number saying only three compared to the 70. It's because EA is the only people making the games versus all That's the studios fair. that were making yeah. you know games before. Just to be you sure. know, fair there, but it does. It does kind of. It is frustrating because. There used to be so many Star Wars games. Most of them probably weren't notable. I didn't recognize half of them. But this is a really important time for the Star Wars franchise. You have the Disney trilogy um, concluding. You have really just a big push to make it an annualized movie franchise. And then games are just dropping the ball. There, There has not been a consistency in games being released at a quality that people are happy with. Hmm. Battlefront 1 and 2 were not bad games, but they definitely both had really bad perception issues right out of the gate. For I, both I don't think yeah, a game sure. has launched with a badder image than Battlefront yeah. 2. No, seriously, well. yeah. And again, they're not bad games. They're just, they had some really bad issues in yeah, the games. Like, like the, the, yeah. the storyline of Battlefront 2 uh, that you know um, Mitch Dyer and I can't remember the other guy's name wrote, I, I played yeah. some of it. It was really good. It was beautiful. Um, but that was it didn't feel like it was a focus um because it was really yeah. short and they kind of shoehorned in a few things here and there and it didn't feel like what i grew up with star wars games it didn't feel like that quality and they're to trying be fair, to it's not great quality but still <laughs> <laughs> in that case i think they were trying to get it to line up with force awakens release which is why they had well they were trying to get it to line up with last jedi like they had the compass in there that luke skywalker has in his hut no it's force awakens is that's um it's 2015 no, well, that's the that's Battlefront One, Battlefront Two, the one with the oh, storyline okay, in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> EA has a statement about all this cancellation shenanigans, um, oh, so you should be fair to them. Mention it's the kind statement. of a, a more of a non-statement. It really yeah. is. Quote. Yeah. <clears throat> the, there's quote. some words <laughs> that are in an order that would give you the idea that they're saying something, and a few of them say Star Wars. <laughs> Not in that order. No, not always. <laughs> I love this. Quote, There's been speculation. Not like, hey, you guys are right. It's speculation. There's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects as a natural part of the creative process. And this is a business process, not a creative processing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> as a natural part of the creative process, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We're fully committed to making more Star Wars games. We're very excited about Star Wars uh, Jedi, Fallen Order from Respawn, and we'll share more about our new projects when the time is right. The, the, what that really said was... Hey, Disney, please don't cancel our contract. No, no, what it really says is, Respawn, help us. You're our last hope. (laughs) That's exactly right. They're like, everyone, fuck all that other noise. Look at Fallen Order. Can you imagine if at some point this year they cancel Fallen Order? Can you imagine? (laughs) Like, I... I thought about that when they announced. I'm like, Jesus, what if they canceled Fallen Order? Like, the internet... The the Star Wars part of the internet would burn down. Well, I'll tell you right now, I don't think it's going to be good. 
I, I don't think it's... Gonna, oh, yeah. Not because Respawn can't do it. I think they're going to rush it because they have to release something soon. Okay, I had a really funny mental image pop into my mind. You know how Fallen Order was announced at the previous year's E3 in kind of an yeah. awkward fashion where... Fair that's that's uh, what I'm getting at. Yeah. Uh, you know, Andrea Renee went up to that guy from Respawn. It's like, hey, so uh, you got anything new for us? He's like, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order coming soon. It's like, okay, cool. Imagine if they do the exact same thing at next year's E3 but to announce its cancellation. It's like, hey guys, it happened to you. It's like, yeah, uh, Jedi Fallen Order is canceled. Cancel. All right, But great. don't worry, all the assets are being used in a really cool new Star Wars game that'll come out at some point. For <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> what yeah. if this entire thing was just a ploy, this 10-year contract was a ploy by EA to just tank the Star Wars franchise? I literally thought oh. about that earlier. I literally yeah, like, thought about that earlier. Like, Andrew Wilson, the CEO of EA, like, as a kid, he got, like, beat up with lightsabers growing up or something. <laughs> and he just wants to make this mission to never make Star Wars content. Yeah. I mean, while that's obviously, you know, a uh, fallacy, uh, the fact yes. I'm sure you guys have, I'm sure you guys have kind of read some of the articles about that Jason Schreier, in which he kind of postulates that uh, the current CEO is, like, not super happy with this deal. That, like, you know, it was made before... Uh, uh, he was basically put in place by people mm-hmm. for him, and he right. kind of his vision basically from Jason Schreier's perspe- perspective. EA currently sees itself as um, a publisher that makes uh, games based off of its own properties, not on other properties, and Star Wars kind of interferes with that. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's something to that consider. Is, no, that actually is a really good point. Yeah. Um, like, he points Maybe. out in the article how, like, for example, in the past, like, if you go back to, like, the early to mid-2000s, you had Godfather games, you had Simpsons games, you had, and so on and so forth coming out of EA Studios. And now Star Wars is, like, the only license, major license mm-hmm. property. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting. Anything else you guys I'm want to say so about Star sad. Wars? I'm just so, so sad. <laughs> I, I do want to kind of, like, uh, put something forth, which is that I don't know how this is going to end. I can totally see EA holding on to uh, the Star Wars license until 2023. If, oh, yeah. I, I don't however, think Disney's going to pull it from them. Yeah. Do you think, though, that perhaps the uh, solution uh, to kind of like the question of the Star Wars uh, license and Star Wars video games in the future is for uh, Disney to basically uh, revive LucasArts, or at least a yes. LucasArts as mm. studio? Because, yes. you know... The kind of continuous problem that you read about in all these articles is that the people working at um, uh, former Dead Space developer, what's their name? Uh, uh, Visceral, Visceral, right? Visceral. Yeah, the, the devs working at Visceral, the devs working at EA Vancouver, the continuous problem they always deal with is that they have to go through Star Wars's masters back at Lucas um, Lucasfilm, who basically say, no, the Dodger can't have a jacket like that. No, this alien can't be this big. And it kind of significantly slows down slows down the process. Like, I feel like if they were to establish a kind of, like, studio that's, like, your sole purpose is to make Star Wars games, and you are going to be located, if not in the same building as Lucasfilm, in the kind of, like, same-ish area where we can kind of, like, quickly exchange ideas and suggestions and, you know, concept art and uh, development progress so that we can kind of, like, significantly speed up the process uh, of kind of creating Oh, yeah, these I, worlds. I, that... that... L- reviving Lucas Arts would be probably the best thing for it, Star Wars as a video game franchise. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be called Lucas Arts if like people want to avoid kind of the negative stigma that it yeah. carries. It can be called something else. Like, it can be called like uh, the Holocron. Like in the same way that the developer that makes Gears of War is called Arr. the Coalition, it can be called something like that. 
But like, I mm-hmm. think that setting up a video game developer where their sole purpose is to make Star Wars games and having it have be like intrinsically linked with Lucasfilm's, you know, uh, movie and other entertainment divisions is, I think, key for this franchise's future in games. That's just I think what might be more uh, uh, more interesting in the long run because you know having one studio working on things you can't turn yeah, on sure. games. I think what might be more interesting is it's not an exact parallel, but it kind of is. Is the way that Marvel Studios is working with game developers like Insomniac for Spider Man, like choosing the, very purposefully. The, some the problem with that was like he was saying was the the whole canon thing. They they've said that every piece of media yeah. that comes out from now on is canon. Oh, that's right. Whereas and Marvel, and, has like and Marvel just handed it to Insomniac. They're like, have yeah. fun. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, right. I, I would absolutely like to see a bunch of other studios and not just the Holocron you know, uh, handle all of these kind of Star Wars titles. But like Marvel, you know, benefits from the fact that they can just be like, hey, it's an alternate universe. We can do whatever the hell we want. Whereas yeah. in Star Wars, there's just the one universe. So. I think at the same time, too, Marvel, just because there's such a huge amount of characters that are very, very diverse you can then expect a more diverse uh, more diverse types of games and different yeah. types of gameplay. Whereas Star Wars, I don't think it could be nearly as diverse as Because everyone's as related to the properties. Skywalkers? Because <laughs> everyone's related to the Skywalkers, exactly. <laughs> Except Rey. Her parents are just trash. <laughs> Dead in a ditch. Drunkards. <laughs> Didn't even know what the fuck a lightsaber was. <laughs> Idiot. All right, all right. All right. Yeah. That wraps up our Star Wars talk, and we're going to jump into our segment called Playtime, where we just kind of discuss what we've been playing this week. Um, I'm going to start because it's my fucking show, so... Uh, <laughs> Colin, right. it's so nice of you to guest today. <laughs> <laughs> and here to guest again is Holden. But here's the thing, my segment's going to be super short because same old, same old, Beat Saber, Smash Bros., okay. uh, I had a, a, a get-together for my final kind of weekend here in Chicago, and I had, we had seven people over, and the intention was, hey guys, come over, we'll play a little bit of VR, a little bit of Smash, we'll play some board games, we'll play Mario Party, whatever the fuck we're going to play. And that was like the idea, and everyone got over there, I was like, cool, we pulled out Beat Ooh. Saber, and then that, no one wanted to do anything else the whole rest of the night. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Just That's people really passing cool. the helmet back and forth, and I was like... Oh god, I mean, I, I've Smash. never wanted to play a game more than Beat Saber, but I don't have a VR so unit yet. Good. I, I just just got Beat Saber as a demo that I could do using the store now, and that's been awesome. You're gonna get so sweaty in your work uniform. I can't play. Where where are these video games? Go away! Gotta be the song. So I, I do use the VR a... headset. I'll just ignore them and pretend I can't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> You're not in my reality. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that? Well, it was the wind. <laughs> uh, I do have a, a VR headset, but I only have one move controller, so I need to get another mm. one. And unfortunately, oh, absolutely I, I, worth it. I was looking. I, yeah, I, I 100% agree. But I was looking online on Amazon, like how much do these things still go for? And they've kind of kept them at kind of a premium over the years, which is oh uh, yeah. I, I mean, but here's the I, thing. I just looked up the trade-in value for them at GameStop, and you can get $4.40 for GameStop. <laughs> uh-huh. How much is GameStop currently going for? <laughs> $4.60. But, but, but I'll, I'll get it uh, I wonder if the it's buyers have a pro card. It's I wonder if GameStop it, will be worth more if it's just trade-in credit at GameStop. <laughs> 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 the final thing I played this week was Link to the Past, which is our barf, our backlog accomplishments with respawn and yeah. friends. Um, I 
up until we started recording this, just got to uh, the point. Do we want to get into it now, or do we want to like save that for a segment later? Uh, we can talk briefly. We're going to try to avoid any kind okay, of like sure. spoiler talk or anything like that. Um, but we're going to have a, an entire like side quest segment at the end of the month where we kind of talk in depth with our thoughts about it. Have you guys played Link to the Past before? Oh yeah, yeah. I've sure. never had. This is the first yeah. time for me playing it. Really? So- I was disgusted that he hadn't played it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> happens. So no, you not, all... not not for this one. So you hold it. You had played it, but Chad, you hadn't played it. Right. I've played gotcha. A Link Between Worlds, which Good I found game. out is exactly the same game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is and it isn't. But yeah, I've never it's, played it It's before. the same world with some differences in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, in my case, I um, uh, nowadays there are a lot of parents that are trying to look for what are, like, the best ways that they can introduce their uh, kids to video games. And they're very kind of, like, conscientious about being, like, oh, we want to show our kids the classic first. We don't want to just introduce them to the latest and greatest stuff. Although I I know some parents that would think differently. Um, My parents did that, but without trying to do so conscientiously, where uh, they saw that I had an interest in video games. I was asking, I want a new video game console. I want a new video game console. And they were like, "Um, how about, we don't know if this is going to be a phase or not. So we're going to ask your cousin Jordan uh, if he can give you his old Super Nintendo, not knowing like the significance of the Super Nintendo or if it's anything of his vast library of games. Just Let's give this something to satiate him. And he he gave me a pretty like decent lineup of games. There was Super Mario World. There was Super Mario All-Stars. There was Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, 3. There was a uh, Power Rangers side-scroller made by Konami. Yes, uh, those are all the games I had. (laughs) Uh, There was also a Beavis and Butthead game, which wasn't great. But, I was not uh, allowed to play Beavis and Butthead. M- myself and my my uh, <laughs> the friend that I used to play it with uh, had some good times with it. Um, a Link to the Past was not part of this initial lineup of games, though. It was actually given to me a year later by a friend of mine uh, who said that his dad originally used to play it, of elf people, and he gifted it to me because apparently his dad didn't want it anymore. And that <sighs> pretty much quickly became my kind of like entire obsession. And it... Completing that game was definitely an accomplishment for me because, uh, like, I honestly spent like several months sort of like sussing out all the game's secrets and you know making my way uh, to the very end of Ganon's tower at the end of the game. So, oh, oh, oh don't, don't yeah. spoil that part. Wait a minute, Ganon's in this game? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> There's a bad person. I hope the princess is okay. I'm enjoying it. Can I tell you guys the best thing about it though? Sure. I'm playing on the SNES Classic. Yeah. And oh. I accidentally discovered the rewind feature. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, damn it. I was going to go load a save state from like 30 minutes ago, and I accidentally hit the X button, and it rewound me a minute. And I was like, what? I can just avoid being hit instead? It's so dope. So, so dope. what you're saying is Link <laughs> is uh, Neo from the Matrix now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he will never yes, be hit again. <laughs> Words right out of my mouth. But Neo can't rewind time. Hey, hey, hey. When did he we, don't, we don't know what he can do. Fight, fight, <laughs> He's fight. the one. He can do He's anything. He's the one. I was just making a joke that he didn't get I was like, it. it's probably closer to Braid. Isn't Braid have like a rewind? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's true. That's correct, yeah. All of uh, I need the, to play Braid. Uh, Rare Anniversary that had that rewind effect, right? Yeah. I, I think, wasn't there also like the Disney Afternoon Collection that came out a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. As well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I played this week, guys. Uh, Holden, since you also own this fucking podcast and you only have one thing that you just want to clarify because you took a big old shit on Super Mario's yeah. Wii U Deluxe last week. <laughs> and you want to yeah, I was something? really harsh on that game last week. Just to summarize, people don't 
didn't listen last week. Um, <laughs> it's it's just the same exact thing Mario two Mario games have always been. It's basically Mushroom Kingdom. It's Acorn Plains in this one. But it's the Mushroom Kingdom because it's a green grassy area that's easy that you start off in. Then you go to a sand area, and then you go to like the the snow area followed by the the beach area. Like it's just the same worlds in the same order, or like, a very very wait. familiar order. Close enough. You just want to use this segment to shit on it again. Bad thing. But so <laughs> I was very annoyed by that. Um, so I shit all over that aspect to it. But let me say some good things about the game because it's still a really good game. It's not you know all just the order of the worlds being the same that's um that's only notable about it the star coins are i think a lot of fun to find this time around because they're really challenging there are some that um i ran through the level like a dozen times because my whole thing is i'm not moving past a world until i've gotten all the star coins oh my god (laughs) so i'll go back and i'm like there's just one coin here and i don't know where it is and it turns out you had to like jump on that guy's head to hit a mystery block that makes, like, the vine go all the way up. And I'm like, I've gone through this world so many times I hadn't figured that out yet. It was just, I love the little secrets in the game. They're just well hidden, I think. But that's not, again, that's not new for Mario. Mario's always had that. I just think it's a good implementation of it this time around. Um, on top of that, I also just love the squirrel suit. The squirrel suit oh, is so a blast. Good. It's so much fun, yeah. So it's also a really good tool um, because so many of the star coins become a lot easier to get when you can use the squirrel suit. Mm-hmm. And manage to get the squirrel suit all the way through the level up to there. So, like, the squirrel suit lets, lets you glide. So you're going to be able to glide. But also you can, like, do a quick jump up in the air. So, like, if you're gliding, you can do a quick jump up in the air. And it helps you get star coins more, uh, more easily. I'm it's just kind of loving... like the cape in Mario World? Yeah, kind of similar to the cape in Mario World. But it's a squirrel suit instead, Chad, okay? Oh, you're yeah. right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, come on. It's, it's not even, not not even the, the same thing, thing at all. Yeah. Uh, although it did kind of hit me that Mario games, essentially, every single time, is just introducing one new power-up. That's that's all they do. It's, it's amazing. Like they must have <laughs> put so much up. thought. No, no, no. But I'm just saying they must have put so much thought into that one power up. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like if you look at what the power ups are, they basically build the whole games around it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like all the star coins, you can tell were positioned to be made easier with that that squirrel suit. Mm-hmm. All of them are. This is the I, uh, like, I only so good level design. All that stuff's really good about it. I just wanted to clarify because I felt like I just. <laughs> called it a garbage game last week. It's not a garbage <laughs> game. I just was upset by how familiar it was. I do it's hear a good there game. is a world a towards the end. Point. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, here's the thing, though. Is it does have the um, new Super Luigi. I, I know, but that also came out, like, three years ago now already. But sure. I know I know why it's, they didn't, because Nintendo's not going to be like, here's a Mario game, we're going to lower the price and make it look like it's worth less, because they're yeah. Nintendo. It did make me think, though, because um, 2D Mario games on 3DS and DS, which probably have the same amount of content as the new Super Mario, or the new Super Luigi, no, blah, new Super Mario um, Bros. U, that's what it's called. Um, it has probably the same amount of content, but those games were 40 bucks because they're on handheld. This yep. is basically kind of saying, Nintendo saying, all games are going to be 60 bucks from us going forward, which yep. means that a 2D Zelda game is probably going to be $60 now. But think it's like more than double the pixels, so you got to pay for that. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't even think <laughs> about that, yeah. Yeah. This is the so, uh, only uh, new Super Mario Brothers game I haven't played. I've played the original DS one, I played the 3DS one, and I played the Wii one. Uh, yeah, I played and, all of them too. They're all good. Yeah, and uh, the, I, I don't have any interest in playing this game right now, but every few weeks I have the craving to play something safe. Um, like I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what? Let me go and buy and play through um, Mario & Luigi Partners in Time, the uh, DS RPG again. 
Mm-hmm. It was available on the Wii U store. Purchased it, beat it. I was like, oh, okay, that's good. And now I can get back to something that's not so safe. So I'm I'm sure there will be a you know a week uh, a couple of months from now where I'll be like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to play something safe and something that I also haven't tried before. I'll go to purchase from from the store. It won't be discounted yet because nothing ever is, and I'll have a good time. <laughs> I'll say this: in terms of it being safe, it totally is totally totally safe. Yeah. The new Super Luigi stuff is actually an interesting twist on on the Mario style, just because Luigi moves differently. The levels are a hundred seconds instead of four hundred seconds, so they're shorter oh. and there's a different. There's a different speed to them. They feel faster and a little Ooh. bit more intense. There just feels like there's more happening. Maybe just because Luigi's harder to control than Mario is, and it just makes it feel like it's more intense. But it is worth it if you're used to playing Mario games. It feels different enough in the Luigi side, I think. Cool. I was, I was, I quite liked the Luigi side a lot. So it's safe, yeah. and you're going to get something a little bit more unique in there too. But not like a huge deviation. It's not like. It's Horizon Zero Dawn on the other side or something. <laughs> <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn with Luigi. Mario's fighting robot dinosaurs now. And he's got his vacuum, and that's it. Yeah. Yep. Well, Trevor, <laughs> I'm going to let you go third so that you don't get... Well, so that Alex will show you up afterwards. Instead oh, of man, that, that's really... Sure. That, so, that's Trevor, so what nice did you play this you. week? Um, let's see. I hop-backed into Destiny. Um, One I, or two? Uh, two. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of screwing around on there. Uh, my friends aren't hopping on right now, so I'm just doing stuff here and there i just wanted to shoot some aliens you know uh but the the big thing i'm excited about is that uh my best friend got dark souls 3 Ooh. and um, <laughs> we all just were like so it was like yeah i remember that game That's i good. <laughs> i didn't play dark souls 3 until last year and i beat it three times and i didn't care what Whoa. anyone said it was my game of the year Wow. <laughs> it's amazing I love that Chad hasn't beaten it yet because no all I have is like the final boss and then the dragon king guy just just beat him just, that's all just I have do left it. just do I, it I, just do I, it I, ha- I haven't beat the nameless king because I am I'm hard. too scared I'm too he's scared. really hard yeah. um, but no I, I beat I beat the main story three times and uh, my buddy got it I'm like alright we're gonna play through this so he and I were working through it today and I'm just I'm having a blast playing that with him I, I love Dark Souls 3 it is one of the best games I've ever played was that your first Souls game? Um, it was the first Souls game I beat. Okay. Um, I I I played all the Souls games as they came out. I played Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Heck and yeah. so on. Yeah, and I played Bloodborne. Um, I really love yeah. Bloodborne. I, I still gotta have my friend uh come in and help me beat that one because just can't get that parry system down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chad had to help me get through Bloodborne because I just. I'm really bad at that yeah. game. I just run in and just start fighting. I don't like play defensively <laughs> or strategically. It's I true. just, I just and he run doesn't in heal. And... and the whole time he's just fucking like fighting, 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 and he has like two health. I'm like, Holden, heal yourself, you stupid idiot. <laughs> and he won't do it. My, but well, though, I've gotten good at that style because I got pretty far in New Game Plus with with that style of gameplay. So I got better at that, but just crazy balls of the wall style of play. It's my my favorite thing about having but about walking my friend through this game is the the the, the pep talk I give him before we get into a boss fight <laughs> um, because I have a very odd vernacular when it comes to these games. Uh, like we got to uh, Vort, the one of the first bosses. I'm like, all right, so you're gonna want to two hand your weapon. You're gonna put your shield down. You're gonna run in there and you are gonna hug his butt. Just get all up in his butt. And just stay there. Make a home. Make a cottage. I don't care what you do. Stay on the butt. 
Um, <laughs> so we're having a lot of fun. That's our quote for the week. <laughs> that's, the name of, that's the name of the episode. Pump the button. All right. Is that all you played? Yeah. Nah, fortunately. No, that's a, that's a ton of good shit. Alex, tell us about what your playtime looks like this week. Well, uh, of course, I played through uh, and beat A Link to the Past in its entirety. Which um, So here's the thing. I've beaten this game at least like like a hundred times at this point in my life. I've beaten it a lot. Holy crap. Not, not, like not literally a hundred times, I should, to, just to make it clear. I've beaten it a lot. Um, last time I played it was in 2014, or maybe it was 2013. It was basically in preparation for the release of A Link Between Worlds. Um, 2013. So, yeah, 2013, thank you. Um, no and at the time, I, I enjoyed myself, um, but I did kind of come away with that kind of like disappointed feeling of like, oh, like, this isn't as good as when I played it when I was eight years old. Like, I mean, that's true of every game that you play in your childhood. Yeah, it's never, it's never, never going to be as great as your memories remember it being. Um, and so this time around, I was like, I want to do something different. I want to, you know, do something uh, interesting with this playthrough to make it uh, more fun and uh, new. And I do that with Zelda playthroughs the, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I love so doing that. The first boss in the Dark World is this uh, guy called the Helmarok King, I believe. He's yeah. the guy with the big helmet, and you have to shatter it with a hammer. Um, while the game, while this game as a whole is pretty easy for me at this point, because I've pretty much memorized where everything is and what I have to do at every point, um, I nonetheless found the Helmarok King just a little bit too difficult. He killed me a few too many times, and rather than reload a restore, a restore point, because uh, I was playing on the Wii U, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and see if I can beat all the dungeons in the Dark World out of order. So the seventh one first, oh, cool. uh, then sixth, then fifth, then fourth, then third, then second, then first. Um, in retrospect, it's uh, the thing is is that you, you would think that like you can kind of waltz into like the seventh dungeon with only having like conquered like a couple of other dungeons. You actually kind of have to complete most of them so that you can get their kind of like items. The, the item. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like by when I when I finally had everything that I needed to challenge the seventh one and save Zelda first, it was kinda like, well, I've already beaten all of the fourth dungeon. I've already <laughs> beaten seventy five percent of the second dungeon. Yeah. I've already beaten like sixty percent of the sixth dungeon. Like it wasn't like you know, the game doesn't allow you to purely just attempt any dungeon in any order, but uh mm-hmm. it's still made for a fun time. And uh, I discovered the hard way that when you go into the seventh dungeon without the um, armor that you can get from the uh, fifth dungeon, because that's the item that you get from the fifth dungeon, it's much more difficult. Uh, <laughs> but it made, yeah. it made for a good challenge, and uh, yeah, that was a great time. I missed that tunic, the blue tunic, that my first playthrough of the game. Yeah. So just uh, suddenly the game became unbelievably hard. <laughs> right, because of was... course it's not required to get it to be yeah. that dungeon. So Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was famous for doing like naked runs or three hearts only or only have a stick and a butterfly or whatever. Yeah, so oh, Link, Link Between Worlds, I did a three heart hero mode with no fairies. And that was a I, lot of fun. I just have a question. Why Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I'm sitting over here like, I beat Dark Souls 3 three times last year. You're a madman. He spent 320 but- hours on Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so the reason is because it turns when you're playing with three hearts it for me it turns zelda into dark souls 
I mean, where yeah. combat is much more methodical. You have to pay far more attention to how the bosses are um, are moving around, what their animations are, all that kind of stuff. It just made made it more fun. Um, you also really learn a lot about how the game is made by pushing it to its limits like that, in a way. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's fun. I, I like doing Qu- it. Quick yeah, aside I don't on that. that. I respect that. I found out in my adulthood that you're supposed to take potions in with you when you fight a boss in Legend of Zelda. I did not do that when I was a child, and neither did my best friend Kyle. And I went up to him and I'm like, did you know we were playing Zelda wrong? <laughs> Wait, what did, what did you do wrong? I missed you. I, 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 yeah. I never walked in to a boss fight with potions. Like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah, this thing that heals you. Why would I take that into where I get killed all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing that I found a link to the past, um, in going to the whole three heart challenge thing, you cannot do a three heart challenge link to the past. Right. Because you, you have to pick up the heart piece when you defeat uh, the boss. Exactly. Because if you don't pick up the heart piece, then the, the pendant will never drop. You'll never right. get the pendant to complete. It's really yeah. annoying. So I, I have not been able to make this like a challenge run for like the past. So I'm actually was really excited to hear that you had a challenge run. I might try doing that, but you also yeah. didn't speak very highly of it. So <laughs> you can't just walk up and have something hit you until you only have three hearts. There you go. <laughs> that's that's true. I could do that way. No, I, it, it was fun. I enjoyed myself. It, you know, I, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that my runs of a link to the past are never going to be as magical as they were when I played yeah, it I will in never. my youth. But well, it's I, like I have fun. you yeah. know at. Th- you know, hour three hundred and nineteen of Breath of the Wild that hit me. Like the first few hours were the the, the highlight. Yeah, it'll never it be that way. It only took again. that long. It only took that long. Yeah, but three eighteen magic. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, I do want to just say very briefly, in addition to the link to the past, I also played through and platinumed a tiny PlayStation Four game called Pick Up Picks Color, which is basically it's a clone heard of. of um, it's a clone of a. What's that game where you have like these blocks and these numbers, and like you have to fill in the blocks based on Sudoku. the number? No, not not Sudoku. It's like colors, like these Pick images. Picross. That's it. Yeah. It's a it's a blatant Picross mm. uh, ripoff, and I got it because um, you know sometimes uh, you want to basically sit down and listen to like a podcast or some music and play a game that doesn't kind yep. of uh, occupy the side of your head that you would otherwise spend listening to podcasts or music. And mm-hmm. yeah. it was also, I mean, a pretty easy platinum. So I'm like, all right, I'll play this. And that's that. You just gave Chad his next game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just, just for the platinum. Dash A dash P I X color. Actually, I have heard of that game before. Yeah. I have heard of that. Picross is a fun game, by the way, if you guys haven't played oh, yeah. it before. If it's, it's on Switch, it's like eight bucks or something like that it's really cheap it's very you're fun. like eight bucks oh thanks no wait that's mean that's very <laughs> hey mean. hey he could have said seven you could have been cheaper than the game that's exactly <laughs> right and if you adjust for inflation you're already cheaper. <laughs> well that wraps up our playtime segment and let's jump into some news from our quest log take a look at some stuff from sony news we've got some stuff uh sony okay so this one i didn't read the article Surprise. <laughs> Sony fined 2 million euros for misleading players about PS Plus. Um, Holden, you added this in here. Yeah. What, what, what more do they have to do? Apparently, it's 
you have to I, pay to play I online. Same, I have the, the same question, honestly. With. Yeah, I have the same question. This doesn't make any sense to me. Um, essentially, they're saying that Sony's not doing enough, and then it's not clear enough that when you buy a PlayStation 4, you yeah. need to have P- PlayStation Plus to play games online. They don't do enough of that, the transaction of the console. What but is when Xbox doing? That was what I was just exactly, about to ask. Exactly, yes. I... All of this is the standard. This is how it works. <laughs> like, I, I mean, don't know. Nintendo I've... doesn't even have anything about their online thing on the box at all. <laughs> That's right. They, they're online. They doesn't even have online. <laughs> yeah, if you look at my Nintendo Switch box, it doesn't say anything about playing Smash Bros. online. So, Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure on a PlayStation box, it must say online features require PlayStation Plus. It must yeah, say I... that on there. Well, and... So, like, uh, no, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. What are you going to say? No, I was just going to say, like, I'm surprised that it's uh, they're being sued over this now. Like, I would imagine that yeah. when they originally made it so that you have to subscribe to PlayStation Plus to play online at the beginning of this generation, they would have gotten to hot water then. For it to only become an issue now, it's like, what's the issue? Well, no, well, that's a good point. Well, what's a hold up? What's a hold up? Well, it would be the equivalent of, like, them going after Apple for having a 70-30 split in the App Store. It's like, uh, it's been that way for a decade, man. Like, yeah. why now? It's the same thing, yeah, because they started this with PlayStation 4 back in 2013. So this has been the standard for five years now. You're right. Yeah. It's, yeah, a very strange, it's a very strange story. I don't really know what yeah. to make of it, but I just wanted to mention it because it just seems weird. And Yeah, it's bonkers. I actually went bonkers. into Instapaper and just read the entire article, and it, it mentions nothing new. Other it's than vague. It's really vague. Yeah. yeah, it's really vague. vague. Um, so th- there's no way this is going to stick. I don't, I, Sony's going to fight it, I'm sure. All right. Or, or, or well, they'll just pay the fine because it's two million. Yeah, it's euros. two million euros. Yeah. that's like a twelfth of what Spider Man maybe made. So, <laughs> um, next they up, probably Sony... made a lot more than that <laughs> in Europe. In euros. Oh, okay. I it's different money, currency that. exchange. We don't understand. We're American. We don't get it. Well, I guess three of us are not. American. Yeah, three of us are American. Uh, Alex is over here going. I know exactly how currency exchange works. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I've been to Japan. I've you know then all the currency exchanges are required there and you learn everything that you need to know doing that. How is it when you go to Japan and somebody's like, all right, that'll be $4 million and $12. And you're like, what? <laughs> I imagine it being like what my math teacher said life would always be like. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty easy because all you have to do is like generally like, for example, like 100 yen is around a dollar. So all you just do is you look at the price, you subtract two zeros from it, and there you go. It's like pesos. You just take off the one zero. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if Japan did that just to be like, we're so rich and fancy, we're just going to add two zeros to whatever our paycheck says. I don't know. Technically, that, that economically, was totally their, their no, economically speaking, the, the the more inflated your currency, the worse. So I don't know if that's like a look how awesome our dollars are because they have bigger numbers on them. Well, you know, you can buy with all those more numbers a PlayStation Five, and Ooh. Sony's job listing is now hinting at possible PlayStation Five features. So yes. they are hiring. Uh, for an uh, an industry site, oh sorry, greenhouse.io, an industry site for networking slash recruiting, showed a posting for a senior network operations engineer. Uh, this role will quote increase Sony's efficiencies and ability to scale rapidly as we build the next generation PlayStation backbone. Harness the power of the cloud, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's about time that became a thing. So, so does this say to you that the PlayStation Five is going to come out next year, or does this say to you that? Well, if they're just building this now, this is content- <laughs> this is a contentious thing between me and Chad right now. There's no way I in hell these consoles are- at the end of the year this year. There's no way. There's no way in hell it's happening. 
And I, I think don't you're want crazy, Chad. I don't want him. I'm oh, okay. I don't mind waiting. Whatever. I don't mind waiting. They have to release Death Stranding, Last of Us Part Two, and Ghost of Tsushima. They're not going to do that this year and release a PlayStation Five. I just don't see it. All will yeah. be. Well, both no, consoles. it's not. It's not going to be this year. No, like at the earliest, I would see a new console coming out is 2020. Yeah. Like th- this could be the year where you know we get all the the new console announcements. But it just makes me wonder, like, if they're just now building the backbone of it, does that mean it's... What I think this is, is talking more about... It's a, it's a senior network operations engineer. I think they're talking yeah. more about, like, PlayStation Now and online game streaming. It might not mean the next PlayStation. It just might mean, like, their next, you know, uh, the next big thing that we're doing in gaming, which is game streaming. They're already there, yeah. but... Um, it's it's gonna it's, game streaming has to get better in order to be yeah. palatable for everybody. I and think what's pretty like what's commonly known is that the next console generation is going to be more about services and infrastructure oh, yeah. than it is about hardware anyway. Yeah, but but that doesn't mean that that all those services have to launch when the PS5 launches. I mean, all the right. like true. when when the PS3 came out, it was a console. But by the end, it was just a standard console. That the PS2 was, but by the end of it, it was Netflix streaming boxes, all these like buying your games like on the PlayStation well, I mean, there, Store there's, itself. There's like, PlayStation Three games that don't even have trophies. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it, that stuff can change throughout the 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 generation. That's fair. So none of the, I don't think any of this necessarily means. <laughs> Oops. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Trevor's face when he got the email just now. Just, just oh. Right. I'm so scared. <laughs> it was assaulting me. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I don't know, I don't think it's happening this year. But it's, obviously it's happening soon. Well, kind yeah. of more information about how they might not have things nailed down yet is Sony is surveying some players on what the future of PlayStation might be. That's why I there's included not, this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not a ton about, like, what new features do you want us to have? This, this, or this. But it's more about, like, what do you use your console for more? Do you stream on it? Do you use share play? Do you use this feature or that feature? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very targeted thing. It's not like something sent out to every PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think this is... I'm still sticking with it that I believe it's coming out this, uh, this year. This is the biggest sign that it's but not coming this year. And I'll tell you why. This, this that, is a smoking gun to me. This arsenal. is not coming this year. This is the smoking gun. The reason is that they want to have their marketing figured out and planned ahead well before they start marketing it because they want to be able to make sure it's... I mean, they do marketing like this once every five to eight years. They got to fucking nail it. So they want as much information as possible. This is about figuring out, hey, how do people use PlayStation 4 so we can market them PlayStation 5? If they're doing that right now, they're not going to announce in March the PlayStation 5. They're going to need time to figure all this out, have a bunch of boardroom meetings, um, just bureaucracy bullshit crap that they have to deal with within their company that every company has to deal with. Like. That's not going to happen in two months. There's just no way. If they're doing the survey now, they're they're starting to think about how they want to market this, which means yeah. it's going to be a year away before we start hearing about it, at least, at, at a minimum. And and I think it says a lot that they're not going to be at E3. Like, I know that yeah. they can announce their stuff on their own, but if they were going to announce a PlayStation 5 and say that it's releasing this year and then skip E3, that's a massive marketing misstep. Yeah. Let me take you, let me take you back to 2013 where Xbox didn't think about their marketing strategy at all when they went to E3. <laughs> and then they made it up later, like two months, 
when they're like, you know what, maybe we should actually put thought into this. Remember, saying, remember, it it's not a switch. You can't just turn off the online features. It's not <laughs> here's, a switch. Here's something to consider, too. I, I thought of this recently. Uh, I think a lot of people, and myself included until this past week, um, have thought that PlayStation 5 might not go as well in terms of launch because the PS3 didn't go well in terms of launch because they had their hubris problems, they went, all the success went to their head, yada, yada, yada. And I think people are thinking, oh, well, PS4 did so well, they'll probably have that same you know hubris issue going into PS5. It was different going into PS3 because you had the PlayStation 1 selling 100 million units, overtaking Nintendo, their first console. That's going to make you fucking arrogant. Then you had the PS2 being the best-selling console of all time. Yeah. Yep. And then you had PS3. Right now, their lead-up is, hey, we kind of messed up with the PS3 a little bit. We made up and did really well with the PS4. They're not going to get really arrogant again. I think they've learned that lesson. There is a different build-up going to PS3 than there was going to PS5. And it is also just a completely different team as well. Like, yeah. Ken yeah. Kudaragi and all the other guys from the old days of the PlayStation 3 aren't around anymore. So mm-hmm. I-, I can't see them repeating the mistakes of the past like that. No, no. And again, they're they're probably going to be very, very careful with how they market the product, hence why they're doing this now, a year ahead of when I think they're going to announce it. Yeah. Um, so I will say, uh, I don't want it, I don't want it to come out this year because I my backlog of games is significantly jacked up. There was a time in 2015 <laughs> where I feel I felt like I had played everything that had come out until that point, and I have severely fallen behind uh, right now. But so what? What right. if they tell you that it's backwards compatible? Oh shit! The backwards compatible thing, I don't care. But if they have this wow. very specific feature, wait, I, you don't care if it's backwards compatible? I, I, I'll want to just can, put can, a pin can, in that. Can, we'll go back I, to it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I was very slow at figuring out what my handle was going to be online. Um, it oh, took God, me a few I'm years until that. I finally decided that I wanted my online handle to be Cozy Bear, K O Z I B E A R. By which good, point. I'd already done a different nickname uh, for myself on the PlayStation Network. My PlayStation Network username being Cozine Awesome, with like just like no separation between the two words. Kind of a kind of a dick bag username, but anyways. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing: I, uh, of course, recently they announced that you're going to be able to change your username on the PlayStation Network. I checked, and somebody already has the Cozy Bear username, but. Uh. They only have played two games, which are Call of Duty Advanced Warfare and Grand Theft Auto V, and they've only earned a single trophy in Grand Theft Auto V. How so, dare they? Sony, <laughs> if you implement a feature where we can permanently delete PlayStation Network users... Oops, uh, sorry, my laptop screen just went to sleep. If, we can, if they can implement a feature, feature where we can permanently delete uh, users on the PlayStation Network that have only earned a single trophy in a single game... Uh, and then we can claim their usernames for our own. Um, I'm in, and they can release it anytime. First, Would you got to be... get verified on Instagram. That's... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll figure oh, it out. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Would you be into if they, you know, because there's a lot of baggage that comes with changing your PS4 username, apparently. Yeah. Um, would you be into if at PS5 they just make a clean cut and they say PS5, you can make a new ID and that's what you're oh with going forward? God, do you uh, want people dear. to lose their minds for trophies? I know, right? So I what? If, Jesus. So let me propose this. What if they're like, you can carry over your trophies, but any trophies, like 
now like your account on your older consoles like will no longer work on your older consoles. So you can bring over all the trophies that you earned on your Vita and on your PlayStation 3 and on your PlayStation 4, but now you can't go back and earn trophies on that account on those older consoles. You would have to start a new account for those consoles. Just, which would make it very like important to be backwards compatible so you could continue playing those games on your PS5. Full circle, The Lion King, The Circle of Life. I see. <laughs> I, hmm. That's a that's a compelling that's a compelling little uh, idea right there. Well, that's also yeah. how you make a giant landfill of PlayStation Four consoles. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Great. Uh, next up, I think we're Trevor just our... said something and then it cut out. What, what did, did Trevor you say, said? Trevor? Trevor? Trevor's dead. Uh oh. Oh, no. No, you guys are breaking up for me right now. It's it's fine. Don't worry. (laughs) Woo! Welcome back, Trevor. Damn it. (gasps) Trevor, are you all right? Are you still alive, Trevor? Oh, no, don't go. I can slightly hear you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm live. Okay, good. This is going to sound really weird on the podcast when we're using the audio that's fine for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it doesn't release till Tuesday morning. I'll cut some stuff out, and then I'll add my own commentary over top, so... Just yeah. kidding. Next up, we've got our fetch quests. And these are things that are just kind of worth mentioning, but don't really have too much to say about them. Uh, I'm just going to rattle them off, and then if you guys have something you want to say, great. First one, Hitman developer IO Interactive is opening a new studio in Malmo, Sweden. Woo! Um, good for them. Newly independent. Swell. It's to support development of Hitman games going forward. It's not to make new games. It's just to complement the other studio. Gotcha. Just that okay. part I missed. Uh, next up, Piranha Plant. I feel like this was already released, but maybe I'm just crazy. Piranha You're Plant crazy. will become available in Smash Bros. Ultimate around February. Uh, I feel like That's I kind of knew that already. Technically, we're around February right now. If you close. own Smash Bros., if you have not, if you bought it physically, you have until the 31st of this month to register it with my Nintendo that way you get Piranha Plant so do that if you idiots. bought it digitally though do, do you, don't you just get it like that, yeah. that's how they track you it okay. gotten, yeah you should have gotten your code emailed to you but yeah you just get it okay I didn't get you still have to enter the code to get redeemed that's stupid I got my email like a month ago I should check oh, my email I, did, I thought you just automatically got it I gotta check my email too yeah they said that email email's gone you put it right in now. and then it says it will automatically download after you enter the code I delete uh, emails that I don't I delete emails to keep my inbox at zero Ooh, so like that's gone good thing <laughs> you there's just no way it's gone not that I'm that upset. I still haven't unlocked half the characters in Smash Bros. I just haven't played it. I hate you so much. Yeah, I, I, I do you. hope that when they um, they add the DLC characters, <laughs> that they'll have new uh, conversations between Pit and Palutena. Because that was the thing. If, if you remember in Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS, they had this like stock default uh, conversation between the two of them that was like, what? It's a mysterious new fighter. All right, uh, be on your greatest wits when you're fighting them whenever a new DLC character got added. It was only until um, uh, this one, uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, that we got conversations for, like, um, the main character from, uh, well, basically, Bayonetta and all the other DLC characters from Smash 4, so. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't have a Wii U, and I played the 3DS version for, like, two yeah. hours. I, I didn't had even a Wii know that U, was and a I thing. don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, so this conversation completely flow, flew over your head, did it? Are you making <laughs> this up right now? No, it's... <laughs> Does your uncle work for Nintendo? Are you kind of funny GDing us? Okay, okay. All right, oh, all right, Jesus. All right. Now, I'm curious. Will, will more people know what that's a reference to, or will more people know what I just described? 
Let's let's put that out as a poll. Only Twitter will tell. <laughs> yeah, but no. It, so yeah, like for example, as you know, Bayonetta was released as a DLC character for Smash Four, and when Pit and Palutena would fight her, and they would have that like whole conversation thing, it would just be this generic template like it's a new fighter. We have to be very careful. Uh, and it was only in Smash Brothers Ultimate that they had this like conversations like Bayonetta. Slayer of Angels, wearer of questionable outfits, and so on and so forth. <laughs> when does this so happen? Is it like brawl. classic mode, or is it like just whenever you brawl? Oh, so, so do you not know about like the Palatina pit conversations at all? No, no, I never play as them. Mm-mm. Oh, okay, okay. So if you play as Pit on Palatina's temple stage, this is like the very large uh, Kid Icarus stage uh, that's sort of like similar to like say the Great Temple in Zelda. Um, and then you do, I believe it's Pitt's down taunt, like very quickly, like for only a single frame. They will basically trigger a conversation between Pitt and Palutena in which they talk about the current fighter that they're fighting. And Everything just stops and they talk for a second? No, th- things don't stop. Like you guys keep fighting, but basically all of the like background and sound effects, they become quieter. And then this kind of conversation takes up the center of the screen. Oh my God. I wonder <laughs> how many people know about that. Well, it's a, it's like a pretty kind of well-known Easter egg. Like, I hesitate to almost even call it an Easter egg. There was, um, in Super Smash Bros. Brawl on the Wii, you might remember that Solid Snake had these codec calls that he would do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's basically, because Snake got excluded in Smash Brothers 4 on the Wii U, uh, they basically substituted it with these conversations with Pit and Palutena. That's Gotcha. What, yeah. Dope. All right. Well, Pit and Palutena about... are kind of like fantastical people, and they are fantastical people in Final Fantasy X and X-2 as well. I have so many masters. strong feelings about this. Yeah. Uh, it's coming mm-hmm. to Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. X uh, and X-2 are coming on the 16th. Twelve is coming on April 30th. Uh, strong feelings. Go, Trevor. Why are they coming out in the same month? <laughs> Why? I guess that's true because if you're a fan of these and you want to play them, that's like two I giant. I totally want to play these games. They also it's like, dinner- oh, you 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 look, look, you want to play ten and ten two again? Well, I hope you beat it in freaking seven days. Because <laughs> you, you want to play twelve? Also, well, yeah, I do. Well, you're a terrible person and can't wait. Yeah, I am. Well, you're screwed. You're just screwed. <laughs> I played ten when it came out on the Vita. And I freaking loved it. And then I played like 30 minutes of 10-2 and I was like, this is this is not the game I want. I don't oh, like it's the game my wife wants. Yeah. She, she, she stares anyone down that says that game is bad and is like, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then 12, I actually, I bought that game on PS4, played it a little bit. Um, I've never played it. I, never got I really want to play it. A lot of people love it, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I'll get I back think, to it. Because we're talking about doing a, a barf that's two months long for JRPG. Yeah. And I I wouldn't mind doing that for Final Fantasy twelve. Oh, I'd be down 12? for that. Because mm. I've always Ooh. wanted to play that game, and just I also want to just play a really large RPG on the Switch. I just feel like that's what yeah. the Switch is, should be yeah. really good at. That's what I freaking love the Vita for, man. Mm-hmm. But the Switch is the new Vita. Yeah, it's true. I have, uh, I have nothing to add here except to say that the only game I played here was Final Fantasy X-2, and it was the first 30 minutes, and then the game crashed, and that was that. It was at a friend's house, though. It wasn't my own copy of the game, so it wasn't that, you know, sad. Well, I don't think you missed much, although the other <laughs> two... What is that face, Holden? No, just did you hear my stepdad? Did you guys hear my stepdad? Was that what, I thought it was like a 10-year-old screaming. You hear, like, yeah. you're, yes! 
Do you hear oh, that? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, that was gotcha. he's watching. He's watching sports ball right now. Is your mom okay? Sports okay. Did you, should you check on her? <laughs> I'm happy that he was happy. I'm happy that that was him being very excited. Like if he was like upset about something, I'd be like, uh oh. Well, that's why I was just thinking at the same time, like, is the game still going on? Because it's been like three hours, and yeah, it's still happening. It's football. It's always going. (laughs) (laughs) My grandfather used to refuse to take me to go get food until halftime, and I'm like, when is halftime? He's like, in 20... Well, there's three minutes on the game clock, and I was waiting 45 minutes later. Anywho. Yeah, Yeah, that's why footballs are round. It's meant to symbolize that games are infinite in football. (laughs) If you glue two of them together, then it's the infinity symbol in 3D. Ooh. Boom. We're going to take a moment now to tell you about sponsors. And this is uh, fun because it's actually us sponsoring you. And we do that with the Participation Awards. So anyone listening right now, you can enter in three different ways. You can review us on the podcast service of your choice. You can refer a friend to us, and you guys tweet at us and be like, Hey, Bob Saget referred me. Boom, you and Bob Saget both get an entry into our Participation (laughs) Awards. Bob Saget, regular listener of our show. Yeah, true story. Yeah, Uh, True story I just made up. Um... Next is, uh, final way is just interacting with us on Twitter. Holden, what's a really great way to interact with us on Twitter? I don't use Oh my Twitter. god, thanks for saying. Hashtag thanks for creating. What a wonderful plug, Holden. <laughs> so this is where we take a, uh, a little moment of your time each week to thank someone who makes something really great in the gaming industry. We've done developers, we've done uh, voice actors, we've done a bunch of stuff. This week, find someone who wrote a uh, story for a game that you really enjoy. Oh my gosh, we have writers on this show right now. Trevor and Alex, thank you so much for writing. So thank a writer who created the story for a game that you love. Reach out to it. Tag it with hashtag thanks for creating. That gets you another submission. And then next week's episode is where we choose one of you guys to get 20 bucks to the gaming service of your choice. And that's where the sponsorship comes in. Finally, I wanted to touch on... We didn't have any subscriber interrogatives. That's what we call listener questions. Because we're fancy as fuck. And, um, it's a very professional podcast. So yeah. professional. Yeah. So profesh. Also, Finally, Barf of the Month is Link to the Past again. Oh, just yeah. Barf. We've talked about a couple. Barf. Yeah, just want to mention that. It's all the Link to the Past. Uh, finally, speaking of Barf, uh, our poll this week. Chicken or lasagna? No context, but if you listen to last week's episode, you understand. 82% of people said lasagna. So, can I ask a question here? When you yes. guys uh, were discussing, uh, brought up, uh, okay, it's going to be chicken versus lasagna. Did you specify that it could be any kind of chicken? We did not specify the type of chicken. It is your okay. last meal It is either living or dead. Okay, so you kind of get your choice. Here's what I think. <laughs> I'm going to pluck the chicken myself and bite its neck. I feel, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people looked at this poll and their mental image when they saw chicken versus lasagna is lasagna. They think of this like, you know, beautiful Italian lasagna, just, you know, dripping with tomato sauce. And then when they saw chicken, they thought, oh, it's just like the white chicken meat you get from the grocery store. Because like chicken has so many different, you know, exciting and tasty and zesty permutations that in my mind edges out over lasagna. But I can see how just, you know, on paper, chicken versus lasagna. lasagna So Alex, follow up question. Yeah. We'll condense the would you rather from last week that this was spawned from and just say, you're on death row. This is your last meal. If you chose chicken, how would you have it prepared? Uh, I would have it uh, prepared with a Korean barbecue sauce. Cooked at all, or oh, just uh, like oh, barbecue uh, sauce on a live chicken? Like, I mean, what I was thinking is more like uh, that stuff where like you cook it yourself over one of those little ovens. But oh like, yeah, um, let's like nice let, let's keep it simple because we're going to assume that my prison guards aren't going to give me a small oven, and let's just have 
like uh, chicken wings with Korean uh, barbecue sauce on it. There. All right. See, I just looked at this and said I can't eat cheese and went with chicken. Can't eat cheese? Yeah, lactose and toner and all that fun stuff. Don't they have pills for that? Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm not going to go out and be like, oh, man, I'm really in the mood for lasagna. Better pop a pill. I'm also, just... you're on death row. It doesn't matter if you shit yourself. You're going to shit you yourself when you get electrocuted. I... That's a fair point. I am <laughs> there. That is going to be the worst death row room ever. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's get some lasagna up in here. Yes. <laughs> let's do it. All right. And that brings us to thank you for listening to our sponsors. That brings us to our main quest today where we're going to be talking about. Holden wrote this as, how do movies slash TV and games compete? This spawned from a Netflix quote from their uh, kind of quarterly earnings. Holden, I'm going to let you lead this discussion. Go. Yeah. So Netflix and earnings report, really just want to talk about just the earnings report's not important. Just the one sentence here I think is, is important. They said, uh, we earn consumer screen time, both mobile and television, away from a very broad set of competitors. We compete with and lose to Fortnite more than HBO. And it kind of got me thinking about, you know, in the past few years, I've been playing games a lot, and I think games have become a, a, a much more important medium of entertainment for me, so much so that I actually canceled Netflix for a few months last year. Oh, my uh, while God. I was wow. in, in, Yeah, while I was um, in, in a semester for school, I just wasn't going to watch anything anyway, so I was going to cancel it. Um, it kind of hit me that, like, oh, man, I will choose games over movies most times now, and I'm thinking about what I want to do. Is that happening for a lot of people? Um do you guys feel the same way? And I just kind of a spitballing as well. It's like, is this why Netflix is doing interactive stories on their on their um, on their site because they're trying to make it a little bit more gamey because they're, they see themselves as losing to that a little bit. I mean, they're huge. They're not going to lose out completely. But I don't know. It's just, it's no, like, it just kind of hit me this past. There, there, there's a whole group of people that still don't play games. Like they yeah. still exist. They're of weird, course. but yeah, they yeah, still yeah. exist. Yeah. Um, oh, but my for gamers, be so mad for me saying that. Um, but, uh, it, it, yeah, cause there's only so much time in the day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, if I get home from work, I've got like, you know, four or five hours before I'm like, okay, I go go sleep. Um, and I'm probably going to choose games over watching Netflix. Uh, if my wife wants to watch something with me, yeah, we'll sit there and watch that, but I'm probably gonna play games. Mm-hmm. I, um, so like this might surprise you guys, but at the end of a very hard day when I'm like, Man, I am so bush. I don't want uh, to do anything. I just want to sit in front of a TV and kind of relax. Uh, Netflix or like a, an, a, another like video subscription service like Crunchyroll is actually kind of my go-to because I just kind of want that experience of being able to sort of sit down and kind of like not have to mentally kind of engage very much mm-hmm. with what it is that I'm uh, doing while sitting down, even if all that amounts to is just like something super simple with, you know, uh, a joystick or whatever. Um so I, in that way, I guess I'm kind of different from you guys. And that's also, by the way, why my uh, backlog has gotten kind of jacked up because I, <laughs> you know, spent too much time watching, you know, anime trash and not enough playing anime trash games. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, with regards to um, why Netflix is making these interactive experiments, I, I see that is just them wanting to kind of experiment and branch out and not specifically because of them losing two games. I think that, like, if they if they really wanted to kind of compete with games, I think you would see much kind of like broader uh, movements or actions taken up until this point. Um, they might have just, saved like, Telltale. Y- yeah. Oh. Well, they're still working on a Telltale project. Oh, that's fair. Well, Skybound yeah. is, yeah. Well, yeah, but that that project is still happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Minecraft. Yeah, that's true. Right? We'll, we'll see how that Minecraft story mode is already out. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, I, I, can, I, I can easily see that going the way of the dodo, but we'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it will. I think that, um, obviously, yeah, as you get older and your time becomes more constrained, you have to kind of pick and choose where your passions lie and things like that. Like, I've, in the last three or four years, kind of restructured a lot of stuff where you said, yeah, I canceled Netflix. I don't watch that much television, but now I play games a lot more. Um, I've made this podcast a little bit more of a priority in my life, which made me have to game a little bit more than I usually did. So I've had to drop, like, creating music, like... I don't know the last time that I touched my cello or my piano when it wasn't for like, I have to play this for a show. Mm -hmm. Um, So making those choices can be tough sometimes. And that's, I think what Netflix is talking about is that people have to decide, are they going to watch TV or are they going to play Fortnite? I think what Fortnite has going with it that Netflix doesn't right now is the community aspect. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the discussions around Fortnite are that it's more of like a message board or like a chat room that we used to have as kids but now it's like that's where they go to hang out and have discussions. They've yeah. got the well, drive-in and, and, in there as well where they can kind of hang out and, and congregate with all sorts mm-hmm. of fun stuff. But I think that's – they want to try to get in on that a little bit more, which is why they have like Minecraft Story Mode, which actually runs pretty well on it. I, th- I think you said the keyword there, which is kids. And I think that's yeah. where the Minecraft thing actually comes from is because, you know, kids – I'm sure a few years ago they – we're watching Netflix a bunch and they're watching all these shows and binging it and everything. Now they're playing Minecraft all the time. That's why you see them doing the freaking Minecraft dances. That's why when I went to a ceramics place today, there were three llamas painted like the, the Fortnite <laughs> pinata. And I, I think the kids playing Fortnite over Netflix is probably the bigger contender than the adults. Mm-hmm. But that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it, it's also worth pointing out that another advantage that something like Fortnite has over um, Netflix is that every new season brings a new set of mechanics to utilize, a new fresh look, um, and a lot of other like doohickeys and dingles to kind of attract people to keep playing it. Whereas Netflix is kind of always just the same from uh, month to month, and uh, any kind of show generally that you want to get on it is still going to be there, with the exception of like you know some of the movies that can like rotate in and out. Um, so, uh, I, th- I, I, think I mean, it's kind of an apples to oranges comparison maybe, but like, no, I think there's actually a, a um, you can make a better, uh, not a better, a, a greater comparison there in the sense that I think you hit it on the head there with like, you know, Fortnite changes. And that's, I was kind of thinking about that. Like Fortnite changes, there's new things that are, are happening season to season. TV shows weekly are, are, is a water cool, water cooler moment thing yep. where oh did mm-hmm. you see that episode you know last night yada, yada. netflix doesn't do that they do hey the whole season's dropping right now which makes those water cooler moments harder because it's really hard because like oh i don't i i like to be like when a house of cards season comes out i just watch the whole thing in one sitting that's like my tradition i just mm-hmm. binge watch the whole thing but most people don't do that but with fortnite or not that i play fortnite but or even just online gaming in general you're going to have water cooler moments where you can talk mm-hmm. to your friends and, and, and show those experiences in a way that you can with Netflix. Um, so I think it's what kind of one part of it, but to be totally looking at the numbers, God, like actually how many subscribers does Netflix have? It's four, four. Yeah. It's like, it's seriously, it's over, it's over 110 <laughs> no, million. It's, I want to it, it's seven. Yeah, it's a hundred. I think it's like 110 million or something like that. Let me look it up. Um, but it's more than there are PlayStation fours out there right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Not as many as all consoles, but there's, you know, there's there's a lot of Netflix accounts out there. So to your kind of point, Trevor, earlier of, um, you know, there's always people who watch stuff over playing games. That'll always, yeah. always, always be a thing. Um, that's totally true. And on top of that, people who play games will watch Netflix while they're playing a game. 
So like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So is that aspect too as well? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think Chad was saying, you know, he'll like, oh, who was saying, um, was it you, Alex, saying that you like to play a game like uh, a pick cross or something like that? Yeah, when yeah. You're, yeah, when you're uh, watching something, like, I'll play Mario Kart. That's kind of like my go-to, like, oh, I'm going to play Mario Kart and watch something. Because I can just play Mario Kart and not really think about it too much. Um, yeah. Let's see here. I'm looking at the subscriber. I have such before. a hard time not paying. Like, if I'm watching something, I have to be watching that thing. The only thing mm-hmm. I can do that with is The Office. If The Office is on in the background, I can do whatever the fuck I want. But anything else, I'm like, I have to watch this and consume this story right now. They have mm-hmm. 137 million subscribers in 2018. Weak sauce. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean, yeah, it's a big number. That's only forty million more than PlayStation sold. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How many? PlayStation that's still a big number, but when you compare them, there it's pretty small. Uh, PlayStation just crossed ninety-one million recently. Yeah. But also taking into consideration, there are probably about forty million Xbox Ones out there. There's about um, there's closer now to. Th- What's the switch total now? Twenty three million. Last twenty three is the last yeah, something. That's like what they that. heard, but it's way more than that now. It's got to be closer yeah. to thirty million now yeah. after the holiday season. Um, so they're at thirty million, and then you also got to keep in mind like people who still use their Wii or use a uh, PS three or an Xbox three hundred and sixty. Like those are still out there. People still do play games on that stuff, which is crazy to people like us, I think. But that is like using a PlayStation three as a primary console is crazy to me, at least. Um, mm-hmm. but it's out there. People do that. So there's a lot of gamers out there. Mm-hmm. Also, isn't it a bigger industry now than Hollywood? You're a bigger industry than Hollywood. Imagine. That's not a fat joke. That's a what was it, Alex? Joke. No, that's I, him getting used. <laughs> I, I'm confused. What, what? Hold on. Where? What? What? Where is this conversation going? What? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just smile and nod. We all spoke at once and we went in different directions, I think. <laughs> well, great. Oh, I that, think my step uh, anything else now anyone wants to say about our main quest? <laughs> No, that, that's about it. Woo! We're going to jump into our end game where we connect with the community and uh, play some games. We I guess we don't do that anymore because we just switched that this week to the sponsor. Anyway, yeah. whatever the fuck. We're going to introduce a new segment since we have guests now called We're So Fucking Humble. Where Holden and I are going to take a back seat and we're going to let you guys talk about something because we're so fucking humble. Uh, so we asked you guys to prepare at least a topic. I know, Trevor, you came up with five instead of doing work at your job. Um, <laughs> to talk about they might listen uh, that you just to wanted this. to bring up and discuss with us. So um, let's have Alex. Let's have you go first. Okay. I mean, I was going to propose that we, uh, me and Trevor could do rock paper scissors to determine I do. who uh, could go first. But are, 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 is everyone? Does everyone agree to do that, or am I going first? For a, for a split second, I thought you meant the topic could be let's play rock paper scissors. <laughs> I thought game, we could rock, just paper, sit here and do a visual gag on an audio podcast. <laughs> I brought two topics, so if the first two topics don't work, rock, paper, scissors will be my third topic. Perfect. <laughs> uh, whatever. I, I've, I've talked too much. I'll just I'll just dive in right into my topics. We'll, we'll save rock, paper, scissors for next time. Okay. <laughs> all right. All um, right. That's fair. So, uh, topic number one, and uh, like I said, I have another one in case this one doesn't work, is what are some mainstay, like, facets or elements about the video game industry that everyone views as being completely normal, that everyone has been completely desensitized to, that you still kind of can't get over. And all uh, the example that I want to bring up is the fact that Bayonetta uh, is almost a de facto Nintendo mascot at this point. Bayonetta, (laughs) who started out as a 
you know, sexy character in a PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 game, you know, became a kind of Nintendo exclusive with Bayonetta 2, featured a lot of, like, uh, cross-franchise, you know, uh, content and costumes in the release, re-release of Bayonetta 1 on the console, uh, on the, sorry, on the Wii U, and then kind of appeared in Smash Brothers and kind of became part of the family, so to speak. Like, that, that's so weird to me, and it's weird that everyone has become completely desensitized to that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I played Bayonetta last year for the first time, and I think my biggest reaction to the entire game was, I can't believe Nintendo publishes this game now. Yeah. Like, Nintendo, the family company who didn't let blood in Mortal Kombat, now kind of has this exclusive (laughs) mascot who's a naked witch who wraps her body in hair and orgasms to kill enemies. Hey, hey, we don't know what's going on with her there, but... (laughs) (laughs) So I have to pee so bad. I'll be right back. (laughs) Okay, don't die. Cool. When he gets back, I'm going to. Anywho, uh, (laughs) we should all just disappear so that when he comes back, he's like, "Well, let's just give some nice dead air to this podcast." Great. Um, Twenty bucks. He doesn't come back. I think I actually. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I think it's a good thing because. Nintendo was always viewed as the oh we're not going to do this we're not going to do that um they, they were kind of seen as kind of like stiff if yeah. you understand what i'm saying there Pure and technical. the fact yeah and, and and the fact that they reached out and were like hey we're going to give you money to make this really hyper violent hyper stylized game uh that is not our style at all it, it was surprising and it was a nice little turn of events for them and then they fully embraced it like they're not shying away from it they're not hiding bayonetta they have her in super smash brothers which is great yeah. Um, I, I think it is showing that Nintendo Sorry, is just a growing in a way. Your uh, video went back to that old image of you. Oh, there we go. Oh, ah, that, that's just is. that's just some enjoyment for you to see. Yeah. So, sorry, I broke the fourth wall to the people watching this. By the way, uh, oh my I apologize. god, they know. They know I have an old picture of myself. I'm back. Hey. But yeah, I I, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing because it it shows that Nintendo is tr- trying different things. Hmm. I've been trying to rack my brain thinking of one. The only thing I can kind of think about, honestly, Mortal Kombat 11, like the fact that with the That's reveal, also this, on the Switch, or uh, it is coming to the Switch. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it is coming. I think it's like two weeks later than the other ones, but yeah, it's coming to Switch. That was a rumor. No, it, no, it is coming. Oh. Sorry, the delay is a rumor. The, d- the, the delay is a rumor. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Also, uh, I'm gonna be yeah. Right back. After seeing the gameplay reveals and things like that this week i was part of me just be like oh my god some of this is just kind of disgusting to watch in a way that's but also people are like yeah fucking break his neck and rip his fucking spine out and all this (laughs) but also like is this a bit much what do other people who aren't gamers what do they watch this and think about like the gaming industry and the gaming community i don't know that's that's the only thing I can kind of think of that's kind of similar to what you were mentioning, like things that maybe we're desensitized to, but are also just kind of fucking. Well, I, I was thinking on the like, same kind of note in terms of just the perception of the game industry. So many people are, oh, those games are just so violent. And I'm like, that's so stupid to say. It's like saying, oh my god, movies are so violent nowadays. It's like, yeah, but there's so many movies that aren't. <laughs> a dog's don't. way home. A dog's no, that's <laughs> a lie. All dog movies always end in death. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking of something like that too. Um, 
One is, I don't know why people look back at the PlayStation 1 and 64 era with nostalgia. That was one of the... That, mm. that era holds up the weakest, I think, of any of the eras. Hmm. In terms of going back, mm. like, go back and, like, go back and play a game from the N64 era versus from the SNES era. The SNES game will hold up better, I think. So, I have a question. Did you get the PlayStation Classic when it came out? No, hell no. Okay. No. Uh, I, I had a pre-order and I canceled it. Because I was curious if, like, either of you, like, you bought the PlayStation Classic, you played it, and you were like, man, all this uh, selection of games sucks, you know? No. And, and that's kind of what spurred what you're saying right now. The selection no, so- of games did... did- make me cancel it basically yeah but it's like if i like for example if i go back and i play super mario 64 this is a really unpopular opinion this is really unpopular if i go back and play super mario 64 it's a good game there's nothing wrong with it but sure. it doesn't it doesn't feel as robust um comparatively i think as like super mario world does when i play super mario world i go this is a mario game this is how mario games play how i'm used to a mario game being but when i go and i play Super Mario 64, I think, oh, this is where it started and got better every generation afterwards. Or I don't have that mm. same feeling about SNES and as much. Okay. I, I mean, I, it, in my experience, most of the Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1 games I played, like, sure, like, control-wise, they typically almost always age poorly, but I That's almost I mean. always find yeah. elements of them that I feel allow them to kind of stand the test for time. I only... Mm-hmm. Um, I actually only played the original Metal Gear Solid uh, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously that game, you know, hardly compares to playing Metal Gear Solid 5 on the PlayStation 4. But there are like, you know, interesting story directions in the way that game uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like progresses, interesting design decisions, uh, like just lots of things about that experience that make that game truly kind of unique that I feel uh, allows it to kind of uh, remain kind of evergreen even as. Uh, sure. The yeah. Surrounded. Yeah. I guess I'd counter with like an example of a Super Mario 64, where that's a much more iterative franchise. <laughs> but I, I just, for the life of me, cannot understand why people love playing Super Mario 64 over the more recent ones. Sure. Oh just... man, I came back at a weird time. <laughs> <laughs> I think They're a lot just... of it has to do with as you nostalgia. mentioned, nostalgia. And yeah. you joined the gaming industry at the GameCube era. And... You no, know, I no N64 was my first. Remember, my N64 was my first um, console. But I didn't play it too much, so that was my first exposure to games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But your your first Mario game was Sunshine, wasn't it? Uh, first Mario game was Sunshine, yes. But I yeah. did play through Mario sixty four on the DS, which is probably one of the worst oh ways God. to play. That might be one of the reasons for you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I think that's part of it. No, it's but like... even Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time's a great game. I think it's one of the weaker 3D Zelda games if you look at all of them oh, comparatively. Yeah. Like, that's another like, popular. That's love... an unpopular opinion as well. I love oh, Ocarina of Time I, and Majora's I, uh... Mask. I have the unpopular opinion that I like Majora's Mask more, but oh. I will admit you can't go back and play those if you've never played them before. Trevor. Yeah, Trevor, you're dying, man. Yeah, oh, I can't hear yeah. you. I'm dying. Well, the audio. The audio on the out. podcast will sound great. We just can't hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But but, but uh, you you were saying something like you really enjoyed Majora's Mask and something like that. Yeah, I I really enjoyed yeah. Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, but you can't go back and play them now. Okay. Well, I mean, like you can, but it's you, all subjective, totally though. This is well, totally what subjective. I mean is like you it, it it's hard to have it's hard to tell someone who's never played a Zelda game to go play those first. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
And I, I know this yeah. would be cringe for other people to hear, but like I'd point them to like a Wind Waker or Twilight Princess first, even though I know those aren't like Twilight Princess is not the best one, but I would probably say, hey, start yeah. here. Yeah, start yeah. with that long ass tutorial in the beginning. Oh man, yeah. start with Wind Waker. That's the better of the two. All those the, uh, escort missions. The, the PlayStation One N sixty four era video games is kind of uh, two movies. What like early two thousand CG were. Like, it was, like, kind of this weird hump where, for a few years, it felt like everything kind of got, went backwards a bit as people kind of, like, this new technology was introduced and developers slowly had to figure out how to uh, make it work well. Uh, That's a and then, brilliant comparison, I think. Seriously. Yeah. Because, like, because you were pointing out, like, Metal Gear, that was a really good game that holds up, you know, really, really well. And there's of course going to be examples like that. Like, I think one yeah. of the movies that holds up shockingly well is Jurassic Park from 1993. Oh, that yeah. movie What a good holds, fucking film. It's so good, but also just, it still looks good. It still looks good to this day because they combine animatronics and CG, but like, movies that came out around 1993 did not, don't hold up nearly as well if they use CG to that extent. They just don't. They just mm-hmm. don't. And I think that's kind of, for me, I think you hit the, on the, hell, uh, the nail on the head there. Um, there are outlier experiences, of course, but I think that as a whole, if you go back and look at the category, the, the library of, of the catalog of games available, I, I think that era doesn't hold up as well as people like to say it does. I don't know, but that again, that's just my subjective opinion. So, but do you, what do you say about like telling someone to go back and play a, a, like an SNES game? That's what I'm saying. I, I think that that holds up better. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well- yeah. Like SNES games are like uh, movies just before they brought in bat CG to go to jump yeah. off further off yeah. of that. No, comparison. that's why that's a really good comparison because yeah, when, you, when you're is. switching over to 3D, they had to figure out so much stuff. How yeah. do games work in 3D? I mean, look at some 3D platformers before Super Mario 64, and oh, they're not Jesus. great. They're really bad. Um, uh, and they're also just because just there's really not many 3D platformers to begin with, to be frank. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough transition, and I think in the following generation, GameCube, Xbox, you know, uh, PlayStation uh, Two, that's when we started seeing games that I think resemble more of what we see nowadays. I mean, this is when you saw Resident Evil Four, Metroid Prime, like you know, Battlefront, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, like Halo, like series that I think felt more modern um, looking back than the N sixty four games did that era did. If that makes any sense. Have I explained that well enough? Yeah, yeah. I I personally still have a lot of nostalgia for that era, but I don't have any qualms necessarily with what you're saying. I'm not like a super aggro, like, you know, uh, N64 (laughs) defender who's going to get angry at you for that. But Tetris on N64 is dope, man. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't played that one. I have to check that out. It's not and Donkey Kong 64 was the best of the franchise. Oh, okay, my God. I actually get, that get the hell out of here. <laughs> Great. Thank you for your uh, topic of discussion. That was wonderful. We didn't have to dip into rock, paper, scissors. No problem. Uh, so ready. <laughs> Trevor, we're going to knock it over to you because we're so fucking humble. What do you got? Oh, right. You are so fucking humble. It's, it's amazing. Shut up. Um, <laughs> so my topic is – I actually kind of stole this from uh, – a Twitter post that I saw uh, a while ago. They had a what the question was: What is a controversial, positive movie opinion you have? And I thought, well, oh, I have a, a great one. What what would be a good controversial, positive video game opinion? Um, so I want to say I already responded to that tweet. Uh, there was some guy who did that for video games, and I already responded to that. So spoilers. Uh, hey, yeah, I guess you we know, can just 
I guess we can just skip this one and go right to the end of this podcast. What do you say? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. No, see no, you no, on no, Twitter. Right. Like, like, share, and subscribe. Have a good. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's all right. I, I didn't explain what I said in that tweet, anyway. So I'll have stuff well, to see. I was here. gonna tweet out that question, but then I realized nobody looks at my crap. They don't care. <laughs> oh, come on. So, Trevor, so, do you have yeah. an example? Yeah, um, I really love Dragon Age Two. And that is probably the one that is hated the most. It gets the most crap. And I just, I love that game. Uh, it, when it came back out uh, for backwards compatibility on Xbox One, I'm like, this is my next few months. Um, <laughs> and it, a lot of people don't like it because, yeah, I un- and I understand why they don't like it. It reuses environments. Uh, the story is very disconnected. The combat is a complete shift from what it was in the first one. I'm like, I just, I don't care. I, I, I like the combat, the environments. I don't care about it. The story's pretty good. So I, I, I enjoy that one where a lot of people don't. Cool. All right. What about you guys? I had a movie one initially, actually. I just, I have a game one too. I just want to make a movie one. I thought Last Jedi was one of the best Star Wars movies Oh god, me too. See, now I you're just making a statement. <laughs> That's not an opinion. You're just making a statement. Oh, I can defend it. I have argued this with people. Well, okay, um, re- real quick aside. I I hated Last Jedi when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I somehow inadvertently rewatched it the day to the year that it came out. And I was like, you know I inadvertently like, accidentally I, 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 taped I, my eyes open for two no, 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 no. What I, what I mean by that was is that I I turned it on and it happened to be the date of the year that it came out. Yeah, and oh. I was like, you know what? This is I, I turned around on it. I actually ended up liking it. The Canto Bite stuff. I, I agree that stuff wasn't the best with most people. Most people seem to not like Canto Bite. I agree, but yeah. like, eh, it wouldn't ruin the movie for me. But like the Snoke stuff, that was the most brilliant thing in that movie. It was so brilliant. So brilliant. His whole throne room is red because he's a red herring. And and like, maybe one day EA oh. will make a game that explains him. Uh, but anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, but my gaming I, um, opinion yes, that is gaming. positive. I have to – I liked No Man's Sky. I know it's not a masterpiece. Oh. I know it's not a great game. Did you game. like it from the beginning though? Yes, I did. I did okay. like it from wow. the beginning. Um, I do think it was overpriced. It should have never been sixty dollars. I think thirty forty would have been much, much more understandable. Um, but I think that was a really cool game. Um, if you look at it from a, if you look at it from this perspective of just the tech behind it and what they're doing, I know like and all the planets didn't look all that much different, but I still got this total thrill of like getting in a spaceship and just flying away. Like talking about games, you can kind of just play passively and you know, listen to a podcast or something like that while you're playing it. Like, that's absolutely what No Man's Sky is. It's just a passive game. I want to chill out, relax, look at some weird animals that might be really fucked up and not actually possible. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was, it was was an enjoyable experience. Again, I get a lot of the criticisms, but I just think people were way, way too harsh on that game. Mm-hmm. It was a cool game, even though it didn't have as much at the beginning. It's gotten a lot better. It, it, it is really good. I think where the harsh criticism came from was the the things Sean Murray said, the, the Peter totally. Molyneux-esque levels yes. of things he said. He should have never been speaking. He just no, should have been. Really, no. This is no, why no, developers no. don't show off their games. So, like, the, some executive does it. Like, like it, it sounds harsh to say that, and I do really like Sean Murray, but he, he shouldn't have been the one up there to say that stuff. Correct. He really Absolutely. shouldn't have. Absolutely. That, that, and that's where, that's a criticism of the marketing 
not of the game. Yeah. Um, they probably wanted to include all those things three years oh, yeah. before you know it released, and that's when they talked about it, and then mm-hmm. just didn't play out that way, which 100%. is unfortunate. But I still like yeah. the game. Yeah. On the flip side, I do kind uh, of have to commend them for. I think kind of hunkering down and not kind of speaking too much when they were working on fixing the game. I totally, think that they could yeah. have easily like kind of like chatted up a storm and they're like, no, nah, our game's better. We think our game's better than it actually is. And like, we're just going to, you know, sit down and focus on making this into the experience that people want to play. Yeah. And I, I, I do have to respect that. I, I feel oh, like totally. that, that's not typically the way that people respond to in this yeah. uh, social media heavy age when they're kind of confronted with criticism. That and also they could have just dropped it and not made the DLC. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. They could have just said, "Hey, people don't like this. We'll work on something else." But no, they they kept yeah. with it. The way that they kind of followed up with that game and continually just kept improving and making it something that people actually did want to come back to is mm-hmm. super commendable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with but while also not changing what the game is. Yeah, it's still the same game. Really, they just gave you more stuff to do. That's all. <laughs> they gave you more stuff yeah. to make. So very commendable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got one. All right. We've kind of mentioned this on the show a few months ago. I think PlayStation Now is a wonderful service, and I think it runs really, really well. Okay. That is an opinion. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I got a quick PlayStation Now story. Go um, for it. A couple of years ago, um, uh, this is actually on Kind of Funny's uh, forums. Basically, the forums were hosting a uh, PlayStation Trophy War, where you try to earn as many trophies as you can in a month. And I'm like, I need to get access to as many games as possible, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of money. I'll just use PlayStation Now to play some old, easy games. And I remember the games I played were Barbie and Her Sisters, Puppy Rescue, (laughs) uh, which was a boring but easy platinum. And I played Alone in the Dark Inferno, which is... (laughs) Like, we, we all... When we play games that we don't like, we all like to be hyperbolic. We like to say, this game is trash. This game is the worst game ever. This game is terrible. That game is like a pile of trash. Don't, <laughs> don't ever. Like, that, is, that game is like seriously one of the most broken pieces of shit I've ever played. So, and I, and I, I played it for four hours. I got locked into some sort of park, and then I'm like, I'm done. And so that was that. Um, other than that, though, I didn't. I mean, I, I noticed. I, I did experience some latency issues when I was playing PlayStation Now. It wasn't a perfect service for me. I didn't hate it. I wasn't of the count of people that were like, PlayStation Now sucks. It, it did its um, purpose well for what I needed it to do. And that was that. How, how long I mean, ago I did you about... do that? Wait, sorry? How long ago did you do that? That was in, like, it would have been, I'd say, early 2016, I think, to say. Okay. I, w- I was wondering, like, how far away it was, because I know that they're always working on their latency issues, so. Chad, you've used pretty recently. Short, yeah, so uh, I don't subscribe to PlayStation now, because I find it hard to convince myself to do that when I own almost all of those games anyway on my PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I was a beta tester for the service when it was on PS3 and PS Vita, oh. and I... It, at the time, it was only a handful of, like, really awful games. Pacific and I didn't really Rim. Have a, <laughs> Pacific Rim, yes. <laughs> uh, just like that, it's, it's, uh, what was that, the Megazord fighting game type? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it didn't work too bad. And it was, uh, honestly, I was like, cool, this is an actual viable way to do this. Um, at the time, though, they had kind of given the illusion that you'd be able to, if you bought the games digitally, you could just stream them without having to actually pay for the service. So I was super interested, and then it came out. That wasn't what it was. 
But I noticed like six months ago a lot of conversation when Game Pass started getting really big with all the exclusives with Microsoft that a lot of people were having the discussion where, oh my god, this is so great, and PS Now is a piece of trash, and there's latency problems, and everything like that. And then they always ended their their caveat with like, oh, but I haven't tried it since it launched. Yeah. I was like, nobody has an updated <laughs> opinion on this. They're all talking about stuff from 2015, 2016. So I went back and played it again, and I, I streamed Bloodborne, and I streamed God of War 3 Remastered, and I streamed wow. uh, something else. Um, and it was a literally flawless experience for me. Now, it worked on Bloodborne. Yeah, worked on Bloodborne, which is a very important game for latency yeah. and, and timing. Yeah. I do live in Chicago, and I have very, very fast internet, which definitely helps. But I think it's a it's a wonderful service, especially if you never had a PlayStation Three. There are a ton. There's like over 600 games on that service right now, and I think it's a really great, uh, really great value. Mm-hmm. I won't personally use it because I already own them, but I think it's great. <laughs> well, Alex, what's the uh, one you already tweeted? All right. Uh, okay. So, are you, any of you familiar with a little franchise called Kingdom Hearts? Oh, never no. heard of it. Yeah. And all, all right. of the sick. I don't have a it. handmade Keyblade in my garage. What? <laughs> that would no, just be weird. You know, you should get one. Um, so here's the thing: um, when it comes to the Kingdom Hearts franchise, a lot of people uh, tend to kind of proclaim Kingdom Hearts Two or sometimes Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep as being the best games in the franchise. I personally, however, have always been partial to a little game called Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, which is oh, the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. <laughs> what is the difference between Chain of Memories and Re-Chain of Memories? One of so, them's in 3D and one of them's on GBA. <laughs> Chain of Memories was on the Game Boy Advance, and it was a entirely 2D sprite-based Trevor's game. like trying Trevor's to contain himself right, right now. now. <laughs> Um, the PlayStation yes, version... we heard your stepdad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm amazed uh, that game is still going. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, so Rechain of Memories is on the PlayStation 2, features gnarly 3D graphics. I do not prefer the PlayStation 2 version of the game because, um, a couple of reasons. One is the fact that playing it on the GBA, it's a much more impressive of an experience because, like, you really, it's like, wow, this is like a really beautiful sprite-based game, whereas on the PlayStation 2, it's like, oh, this is an average-looking PlayStation 2 game. Um, mm. And also, like, the battlefields in the um, Chain of Memories uh, version on the GBA uh, are a lot smaller and more constrained, and so it forces you to go into confrontations with enemies a lot more, whereas in the PlayStation 2 version, the arenas are a lot wider, and so you can just sort of, like, run away and stall a lot, so it's not as exciting. Um, yeah, uh, I just, uh, I think... Yeah. Ch- Chad, hold on. Let, 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 me, let me pitch you on this game so, back on the GBA. Okay. Now, yeah. you've just beaten Kingdom Hearts, and you, you're in love with it. You, yeah. you like Disney, you like Final Fantasy, you like anime stuff. It's all in one. It's I'm good stuff. I'm trying to imagine myself in this world. It's so good. Yeah. You you just you love it. Yeah. Now, now, Kingdom Hearts 2, it's a ways out. So what if I got to tell you that there is a brand new game coming to that Game Boy Advance, that hot, hot piece of device? Well, that just sounds great, Trevor. Now, what if I told you... That you could play that game with card combat. Oh shit! And, and what if yeah. I told and you? What if I told that you, you that just that replayed that game? System, what if I told you that card combat system was surprisingly effective and enjoyable and addictive? What if it I told you the card to combat the of Final of Fantasy VIII is what caused me never to play that game? <laughs> what if I told you I never played Final Fantasy VIII, so I don't have any context for what that means? I what guess- if I told you? <laughs> I would think of it as Hearthstone is the kind of game that's loved by people, and then some oh, people go, oh, fuck that, I'll never do Hearthstone because it's cards. 
specifically because it's a card game. Yeah. It's it's deterring for some people. It, 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 yeah, it was, I, I it was it. progressing the story. Like some but people it was... love sushi. Other people just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> the the Chain of Memories, it was progressing the story, but it was also replaying the entire story of one with card combat instead of the combat you oh. just spent 20-something hours playing. Okay. And okay. here's the... Like... I, I, I totally respect your opinion of having that, be, liking that one is the best. I, I can actually understand why you do that. I have the opposite opinion, but this is positive opinion time. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you guys. No, wait, hold on. Can I just put in two more good points for yes. Chain of Memories? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Please do. Okay. okay. One thing I want to point out uh, with regards to the story, it's true that uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories story does retread a lot of ground from Kingdom Hearts 1. However, it has a lot of original new content in it, dealing with, you know, Riku's personal character growth from just this asshole antagonist to kind of like this more kind of like complicated anti-hero. And it also introduces Organization 13 and various other aspects that are expounded more in Kingdom Hearts 2. As a whole, I appreciate uh, Chain of Memory's story for being, I feel, a good, happy medium between the kind of like uh, simplicity of Kingdom Hearts 1 and the kind of complexity and kind of like confusingness of Kingdom Hearts 2, I feel like it straddles this very kind of like careful line where it's a deeper uh, story, but it's not kind of confounding in the way that I think some uh, players found Kingdom Hearts 2 to be at times. Oh, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Like, the the Riku parts and the, the Organization 13 parts, you're 100% right. Those are great. Those yeah. are fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, to what I was saying earlier when I was comparing, like, the PlayStation 2... Uh, version of the game to the uh, Game Boy Advance version of the game. Like, I, Kingdom Hearts uh, Chain of Memories really kind of blew me away when I played it for the first time, and it starts out with, like, a PlayStation 2 cutscene, and I'm like, oh, crap, like, that's really impressive. And then it segues into the card. game. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's sprite-based graphics, but like I said earlier, it looks very good. And, yeah, uh, to what you were saying earlier, I can totally see why card combat is divisive. I can totally understand wanting a more traditional, you know, uh, action RPG. But I feel like uh, the card-based card combat, it uh, it does a good job of kind of, like, mixing the kind of, like, uh, sort of turn-based uh, kind of nature of more traditional um, role-playing games, like older Final Fantasy games, and the kind of, like, uh, more real-time uh, battleness of uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, in a way that I felt uh, was more easily digestible than other attempts I've played, uh, than other games I've played that have tried similar things. Uh, so that's that. I have a challenge for you guys. Someone, I think it was Nerd Talk Plus, is another uh, podcast who was <laughs> chatting with us on Twitter, tried to convince me that Kingdom Hearts 3 is worth getting excited about. I've only ever played maybe about 30 minutes of Kingdom Hearts 1, and that's it. That's all I've played. All right. I'm not a fan of Blitzball, which is, if I remember, that's how it starts. Um, well, that's Final Fantasy X. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was my least favorite part of Final Fantasy X. Not a fan of Blitzball, and in general, the idea of like winning the poo is a huge turnoff for me. I feel like it makes it a baby game. I mean, he's entirely optional in the game. You don't have to visit his world at all. In Kingdom Hearts you know, 1, yes. So part of this challenge is trying to convince me that it's not a baby game for babies and that it's worth playing for me. Okay. I'm going to leave uh, that to Alex. <laughs> what, really? Uh, all right, well... <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. I, I, I love Kingdom Hearts. I've been, But the thing is, though, is that I've been playing Kingdom Hearts since I was 14. 
And okay. unless you can go back in time and play that when you're 14, I don't feel like you can, you're going to have the love for it that a lot of people do. And so it like is Ray just Holden hates Mario 64. I didn't yeah. hate it. I didn't yeah, hate no, it. I mean, he, he, the things he said about it, it's just, it's kind of hurtful. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's a, like, it's, it's, it's a fine RPG, but it's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest, like when I think about things about the kingdom Hearts series that I really enjoy, it's things that I think specifically will probably turn you off chat. Like I appreciate the fact that kingdom hearts is a story that has been going on for like what, 17 years. And it is like one oh continuous ongoing story with no, uh, like kind of like, uh, like with no games being like hey this is a reboot it's just the same story that's been each ent- subsequent entry has been building up on uh small little minutia that uh each past game has introduced and it's never at any point been like hey we're gonna slow down hey we're gonna accommodate for kind of new people it's never done that and i <laughs> love it for that because there's no other game series like that but i'd imagine that that's like probably your worst nightmare hearing that chat <laughs> not necessarily the worst nightmare I enjoy a good like Game of Thrones eight episode or eight season arc. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, if if you want to know, just have like be able to talk about the game. You can play the game. You can just sit there and you know beat the crap out of stuff with a big giant key and you know big goofy shoes. But as far as like what's going on in the story, you 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 could just zone out during a cutscene because it's all going to be gibberish to you. I mean, I've played almost all the games. It's almost all gibberish to me. That's really reassuring to hear, actually. I, know, I played right? Birth by I'm Sleep. I'm really feeling this. I, I played Birth by Sleep, and I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about the story of that. Game. Oh, no. Oh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, highly considering actually making Kingdom Hearts 1 a, uh, a barf game for us because Holden and I have never played it. I wouldn't and mind. And I, I want it. to like it. Kingdom really Hearts do, 1 is enjoyable. Love it so much. But yeah, it, and its story Hearts. is super digestible as well. So, yeah. All right, Holden, that's going to come sometime this year. But I have to pee like a fucking racehorse, and we've got one more segment. So we're going to power through. I have to pee through. so bad again, too. You already peed this episode. I know, I know. Oh, okay. All I right, had guys, one so whiskey gonna... over the two hours. Like, that's not enough to, like, make me <laughs> pee a lot. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for, uh, by the way, for both of you for participating, and we are so fucking humble. Oh, we're thank you for our game on game show where we play a game on our game show called Game On on our gaming show for video video game games. Um, most often it is video game would you rather, and this is no exception. So we're going to go oh, through boy. five different scenarios, and we're just going to discuss right. which is the better of the two. Sometimes they get real weird. Most of the time they get real weird. They always get very weird. <laughs> always get very weird. We're going to you know start what? with a nice. Let's Dad knows weird. how to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this one I don't think was. No, this one's actually pretty tame. I say that every time, but. Uh, here we go. Real easy one. You say it's tame, and then you get, like, made me choose between Louis C.K. or Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> it was a telltale game about oh, Bill yeah. Cosby's life, or a Quantic Dream game about Louis C.K.'s life. <laughs> oh, but that was last week. Oh, that was Trevor's, God. like, looks so shocked. <laughs> I gotta process that. Oh. I know. That I was, was totally on the spot, and it was like, oh my god, I could, like, not be president one day because of this podcast. <laughs> I don't understand. Are there any decisions to be made in that game? <laughs> no, it's mostly whatever you decide, you end up as a terrible person no matter what. Oh, my God. All right. But this week, starting out real easy, you get one hour to be transformed either Sonic or Tails. Which do you choose? Tails. Easy. Tails. Why? 
I had very limited experience with Sonic games, but every time I played, whenever it was Tails, I'm like, this game is way more enjoyable now. Being Sonic sucks. Being Tails is way more fun. Not not in Sonic the Hedgehog. In real life, you are Sonic or Tails. Oh, then I'm still going to be Tails because I can fly up somewhere. Okay. I want to fly. I'll just uh, my I'm, tail really fast to fly. I'm going to go with Sonic. I'm, I'm a heavy guy. I've always wanted to know how it feels to run. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Tails can run too. Not as fast. Gotta go fast. Still, still, still really <laughs> fast though. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be ta- I'm gonna be tails as well. I, I'd like to experience how to fly, and plus, I mean, we know that something brewing is uh, something bad is a brewing with that Sonic movie uh, with its regards oh, to Sonic. Yeah. But let's, we don't know. We don't know if tails is cursed as well. <laughs> tails could not be in the movie at all, so That's he could true. be totally That's safe. That's true. And- I uh, I think I'm gonna go with Sonic because come to like you have an hour. This it, is the wrong choice. That was like, the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to decide what to do, so instead I'm just going to do my normal daily shit. And I feel <laughs> like as Sonic, Sonic, I could go to the grocery store, I could go to the bank, I could do all of my regular ass shit that I would do on a day off so quickly and then just come back and See, just See, actually, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you that one. I think Tails living in Chicago would be way faster than Sonic. You think so? Absolutely. Avoiding all those people, you just fly up over them. Or you could go fast and get through them. I, no, I don't know. So you're many you're putting a good idea in, in my head for what the movie could be of just Sonic going and doing day-to-day so... crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's just like Seinfeld you know? episodes with Sonic in it, and it doesn't oh make any God. sense. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, you have a... a... <laughs> you have George voicing Tails. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though, but... You, you guys brought up a very important point, which is that, you know, one form is more advantageous than the other, depending on where you live. If you live in a very large, sprawled out city with that doesn't have like a lot of like verticality to it. There aren't a lot of size skyscrapers. It's just very spread out. Sonic is probably more important. If you're living in a city like Tokyo, where there's a lot of high rises and you have like multiple layers of the city with multiple stuff going on in it, Tails is more important. And so, yeah. Yeah. Also, if you live in a rural area and you're flying like tails, you probably are going to get shot down. That's, that's yeah, true. No, that's a good point. Yeah. That's true. If you're yeah. in the Who south, you're an alien. They're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh. That was the first question. Number two. Uh, yeah, we'll say yeah, these are all not bad. So uh, would you oh. rather have a neck the size of Marcus Phoenix's neck from Gears of War oh or God. a torso the size of Waluigi's torso? Well, I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm, I'm a fatter guy. I'd rather be thin like Waluigi than have a giant neck. But Took his torso right is literally mouth. the size of his head. I'd rather be well, thin than, than huge Imagine neck. how little you could eat, how often you would have to pee. Well, I have to pee really I mean, bad already. Yeah, he's, right already, now. he's already got that. <laughs> I already got that, yeah. I already know what it's like. I'm fine with it. I'm a man. I can hold my pee. Qu- question. Uh, I, got, I got to ask an amendment. Uh, if I get Marcus Phoenix's neck, do I get John John DiMaggio's voice? Yes. <laughs> All right, done. Yes, because the vocal yeah. cords are in part of the neck. Hundred percent. I'll go with the fat neck. Let's do it. Yeah, I actually. So I cheated a little bit and I looked up a picture of Marcus Phoenix just to make sure uh, that I know what I'm walking into, and I would do that as well. It, that yeah. seems perfectly perfectly wow. reasonable to me. Not to mention, when you're wearing a shirt, it gives the illusion that you're jacked under that shirt because your neck is fucking <laughs> yeah, huge. Exactly. <laughs> There you go. There you but go. it could be even more and disappointing when I take my jacket off. <laughs> I'm happy. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, your left hand starts to transform and grants you a Bioshock plasmid. Oh. Would you rather have Sonic Boom? I'll read you the description from the game. 
mm-hmm. creates a powerful burst of air in front of the user, knocking back any enemy or object caught in the blast. Or target dummy spawns a hologram that distracts any enemy, allowing the user to escape. Oh, target dummy. Why? Because uh, we work retail, <laughs> and that'd be great. <laughs> God, that would be wonderful. You're right. Yeah, like, can you help me, sir? Sir? Oh, this is a dummy. He's not real. I'm on break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm downstairs. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the target dummy too. I work in an office. I'd still do the same thing. Oh, Trevor's still at his desk. That's good. <laughs> and you're just like the bar down the street, just you know doing whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I um, I went see, into this thinking Sonic Boom. I could just be like, oh man, it would be so easy to dust my apartment. But no, it wouldn't. Are you can No, 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 it wouldn't. Because what's going to happen is you're going to the dust is going to be gone, but so is everything in your room. It's also it's really all going to be thrown these, about. You've looked at them in a practical day. <laughs> <laughs> you're not like I'm going to go fight crime. You're like, you know, the house could really use some dusting. <laughs> You know, with all the snow on the ground right now in Chicago, imagine how popular I'd be if I could just, instead of having to shovel snow, I could just, like, blow it I live in San Diego. I have no reference to this. I'm just picturing, though, like, there's a really icy patch. It's harder to get out. So they're just blasting that one patch, like, over and over again, just to, like, get it to go away. Yeah, I don't know. Both of these powers seem very kind of situationally useful in real life. I guess I'm just going to have to go with the dummy one as well. I, I can see a few scenarios where that might be useful. All right. Fourth question. Oh, boy. Um, Would you rather... Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Marcus Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather have to wear a suit made of your own human hair, like Bayonetta, or have to always wear Samus' armor from Metroid? Uh, Always wear Samus' armor from Metroid. Are you kidding me? That's been my dream since I was 12. Hear me out. Hear me out. Bed sores. Urination. I'll blast them off. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you think Just she has ventilation and cooling in there? Yeah, oh, 100%. she does, probably. 100%. Like, I, I feel like if you were to get like a nice, comfy armchair, the power suit would work fine. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll go with that one as well. Okay, I mean, my wife might get a little pissed off naked. at me laying in bed, but, you know... Sacrifices have to be made. I enjoy being naked, which means, you know, Bayonetta is just her hair. She can take it off at any time. But she's naked underneath. Mm-hmm. There's a downside of it being very itchy, though. So itchy. But, but then on. I'm also like, a magical ba- ba- witch. But here's the thing. Bayonetta's <laughs> hair, it transforms in such a way that it doesn't immediate, that it doesn't look like her hair. Like, it's only when it kind of, like, uh, unweaves and so she can use her powerful demonic forces that it becomes apparent, okay, that's her hair. But normally it doesn't look like her hair. So, like, sure, I get your point. It would be still be itchy, but would your body hair also look like hair, or would it just look like normal clothes? Well, here's a follow-up question. Does it have to be my head hair, or can I just be really hairy dude? <laughs> and just walk around looking like a gorilla. Follow-up question, what is, how does this help your everyday life? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Follow-up question uh, number four. Like, can you wear normal clothes on top of that? No, oh, God, you have to wear so only one of those two things. Well, come on. I have <laughs> to pee again. I have to pee again. I'll be right back. Oh, hold <laughs> in. The hold last on. one's Fall- a Red Dead 2 question. Well, so. wait, hold on. Follow-up right question, right follow question number five. Can I wear clothes on top of the power suit armor? Ooh. Oh, dude. You oh, can, my God. You can wear pieces of clothing, like, for instance, a maid's apron <laughs> or okay. a robe. No, no. I would go to a tailor and get it done. Show up to work, business <laughs> casual, Samus helmet on. How's it going, Jeff? 
<laughs> Can you have my pants for me? Yeah. I mean, that works. I, I was thinking more like people might be freaked out if they see this like alien suit of armor walking around. So I would wear like football pads on myself. You know, <laughs> okay. Stuff like okay. That. Incognito <laughs> Samus. People don't get freaked out, though, if they see someone in full football gear about to tackle them in the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure it'll all work out fine. Uh, th- this plan is iron tight. Oh, man, oh you guys God. are selling that Samus suit. Yeah, I thought Bayonetta at first, but now Samus suit. But I'm just so worried about, you know, like, getting clammy and chafed. And what if you itched in there? You can't scratch hey, it. Hey, yo, you're, you're not going to see it. I mean, and it, for, for itching, you just do the blue thing. Just grind up against a wall. <laughs> And now I'm just picturing Samus armor just doing all of these things. Yeah. It's, it's great. That's going to be a new mechanic in Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> Scratching yourself so, via the blue thing. So, I mean, you have to consider that, like, the suit will also uh, regulate your temperature if you're in, like, an extremely hot or an extremely cold environment, right? Like, that's another that's right. feature that we haven't considered, which I, I, I totally get you. Yes, bed sores, that's a huge uh, issue to deal with, but I feel like there are just enough advantages to consider. Holden's alive! Hold on, that, that was the most satisfying pee I've ever had in my entire life. I can't oh my I'm freaking really wait glad to that pee. I was on mic in proximity, in proximity for you. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> All right, final <laughs> one. Red Dead. Re- this one's a kind of long one. Red Dead Redemption 2 has you cleaning your guns, brushing your horse, and shaving your face, all in an effort to create a realistic world. <laughs> Which of the following cut systems would you rather have implemented into the game? Pooping. Where you must find time to poop in an effort to keep from getting constipated, and you must have adequate toilet paper and wipe well, otherwise your ass cheeks chafe, and you move at a 30% speed until you get some ointment on it. You waddle. Yes. That's option number one. Option number two, hiccups. Where if you laugh too hard at something or consume too much alcohol, you have the hiccups for the next three in-game hours, mm. making most tasks like sneaking, bartering, flirting, or intimidation impossible. Oh my god. I'll tell you right now, not the hiccuping, because that's going to be like Rain and Breath of the Wild, where like, yeah, it makes the world realistic, but just pisses people off. Yeah, <laughs> but are you telling... You, you've been on a ride and a quest shows up and now you're getting chased for your life and an alert comes up, you gotta poop. That's hilarious. That's so fucking funny. Like, dude, like, we were robbing this bank and, like, I, I had it, I had the money and then I had to take a shit so bad. But I held it off. I kept running and I kept running but I was running at 30% speed so eventually they caught me and, like, there eventually were Eventually you just squat down, you're still shooting people people there are emergent <laughs> there are emergent gameplay opportunities with a pooping oh system that don't exist for a hiccup system <laughs> yeah, okay so okay this entire conversation has just been a string of follow-up questions so here's uh, question number one for uh red dead um when you poop and uh, time travelers oh in, in a, <laughs> well, when you poop on the road and time travelers in a jeep come by does your Jeep skid off the road when it goes over the poop like a Metal Gear Solid 5? <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, it okay. does. Here's All the right, thing there too. we go. Here's the other thing, right? Things like shaving will influence how people respond to you, right? Yeah. Let's say that you're, like, pooping on the side of the road, and then you want to rob someone. The person's not going to take you seriously because <laughs> they just saw you pooping. Like... <laughs> I, I like this. This is this Trevor. Is come on the podcast. It'll be great. Let's talk about Red Dead poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, so, so here's the thing: it's like I can think of all sorts of like interesting, creative uses for your poop. Like you can use it to like, <laughs> fertilize. <laughs> you can use it to fertilize your plants. Uh, 
like a Farmville-like game where you're using your boob to fertilize everything. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. If you if you wait until the internet gets established a century later, you can sell it online, maybe. Like, but like, and here's like the serious point I want to make: there's no useful use to hiccuping. You're there's right. Nothing. It has but no it happens use. far less frequently. What use was there for your horse to poop? <laughs> That's like I said, if game. time travelers come by in a jeep, they'll skid off the road if your horse right. poops. Oh my god. But hiccuping is a lot more avoidable. You just don't laugh or you don't get drunk. Oh man, imagine, yeah. no, no, imagine there was a whole button that you, you hold your breath to like try not to hiccup. And you can't move the controller like in Until Dawn. You just have to stay yeah, yeah, you still. Balance yeah, you have to like yeah, try I... different things. Like, all right, um, get a glass of water, drink the water, <laughs> then hold your breath for ten seconds, but yeah. then swallow. Like, so you have to, tell you have your to best scream friend into to the controller you. to try to scare yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it has connect support, and it can tell if you're holding in your breath. <laughs> see, see, honestly, honestly, I would go with the hiccuping, not not for any actual gameplay uses, just because I would love the idea of somebody sitting down, like having this super dramatic moment. They've got their gun at someone they've been chasing forever, and they pull the trigger, and they just shoot right off over their head, <laughs> and the moment's just ruined. <laughs> also, the hiccuping would be really expensive. Because then you have to like make a second version of every cutscene where the camera is like, Yeah, that's a good point. And also, it means like, hey, here's a really important scene where Arthur is going to talk to this child about their like abusive dad or something like that. And the whole time, Arthur's like, well, son, um, you really need to. <laughs> and just the, the, the importantness of the scene, the poignancy is just gone because it's Arthur Morgan's hiccuping. <laughs> Where he doesn't have to poop on screen. You don't have to do that. That's, that's yeah. gameplay. It, it does like The Sims. It just blurs it out. It just blurs it out. <laughs> we'll show like, you murdering an entire village, but we're not going to show you pooping. <laughs> that's really funny. That's great. That's great. Uh, <laughs> well, that was entertaining, to say the least. <laughs> that brings us to the end of our Game on Game show. And the end of our episode for tonight. Uh, thank we, you uh, so much. Yeah. I just want to say before we conclude, I believe that today is the 20th anniversary of the Super Smash Brothers series. Oh, very No way! Oh, God, Holy stop yeah. saying I big was, uh, numbers. Just before the show started, I was like going to through Twitter, and uh, Masahiro Sakurai had uh, something about that. It was like, yeah, it's the 20th anniversary. I'm like, oh, cool. Very I'm the cool. oldest person that's ever lived. <laughs> 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 um, so... Uh, Alex, Trevor, thank you so much for joining us. Alex, anything you'd like to plug before we wrap up? Yeah, uh, if uh, the way that we've described gamers earlier on in the show uh, interests you, uh, you can find us at youtube.com slash gamers. That is uh, G-V-M-E-R-S. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at uh, gamers at symbol G-V-M-E-R-S. And you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Cozina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. Again, super dope YouTube channel. You should check it out. Worth Thank the 16 minutes. Absolutely. Trevor, what would you like to plug before we wrap up? I'll just, I'll, I'll plug myself. Oh, wait, no. Um. <laughs> you can do that? Ooh, uh, oh, my God. This is only going up as audio, you. right? Because uh, you guys are going to see some stuff. Anywho, um, yeah, if <clears throat> you guys want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it is at the Trevor, T-H-E-T-R-E-A-V-O-R. Uh, I post semi-funny stuff that I at least think is good and occasionally talk about writing. So, and video games. 
which is relevant to this show. So, yeah. <laughs> cool titties. Thanks, Trevor. As always, uh, here's our usual sign-off. You're going to hug that butt. Hug that butt. <laughs> <laughs>